and there's sex in it. There's some gun firing. There's. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Surprise, motherfuckers! Yeah, Ooh. surprise, cockbags. <laughs> <laughs> and from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hello, that's my uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Send that into Kevin Pollock. Hello. <laughs> it sounds more like Jerry's uncle on Seinfeld. <laughs> Hello, Jerry! Uh, <laughs> hello. Okay, I got nothing. Uh, today we're going to go back on our road trip. Road trip! We're Shut almost... Up. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all. The road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. We're almost there, but you know what? We've got to go... Like, after this, I think it's Washington, right? Yes. No, it's it's Virginia to Washington, then back to West Virginia. <laughs> well, we also got to put Washington, D.C. in there, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So. Stupid D.C. There's, there's some overlap between Virginia and Washington, D.C., obviously. But Did we get any blowback over just skipping right by Puerto Rico? And Are we assholes for that? <laughs> Can't really drive there, though. That's true. That's true. That's our out. We have a legal loophole. Can't, yes. can't, can't drive to Hawaii either. <laughs> I actually... Well, <laughs> I should just stop bastard. talking. <laughs> well, I, I actually did look at this recently because under the, the page that I look at, there's like American Samoa and there's Guam and there's Puerto Rico and all that stuff. And I'm looking at all these things and there's like one movie maybe that's set there. Mm. I mean, Puerto Rico has a maybe like 12 and one of which is uh, The Rum Diary, I, I guess we could talk about, but that's really the only one that I've seen. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. Yeah. Mm. So right. sorry, sorry, mm. folks. We love you, Puerto Rico. Make, make mm. more movies. Yeah. 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 Um, starting off the list, we have Argo. Ooh. Argo, fuck yourself. Yeah. Best picture of 2012. In hindsight, was that fair? Uh, I'll have to look at the nominees like, again. That's but... the problem because I feel like this is the third best Ben Affleck movie, directed wise, and it's the only one that got all the acclaim. Gone Baby Gone, The Town. And Argo, right? Yes, although depending on the day, Gone Baby Gone and the town switch places. Um, I think the town is the new heat. It's the new. It's the most watchable of his movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Zero Dark Thirty was in that conversation, and I like Zero Dark Thirty a whole bunch. So yeah. Um, I I know that when um when Zero Dark Thirty was up for it and everything, the um there was a lot of talk about how it uh. It says torture's good and okay and yeah. all that, even though I don't, I never read that mm -hmm. into the movie, but it, it had a little bit of that. Although now I'm beginning to wonder if any of that even really matters to people's voting because Green Book had basically the same kind of like, you know, lot of criticism before it even got up to the Oscars and mm -hmm. everything. And it's still one best picture. So, I mean, my point isn't that Argo is bad. I really liked Argo. Mm -hmm. I just remember feeling like it's kind of odd that this is what he won with yeah are you excited for that uh it's a netflix movie right okay so halfway through that trailer i'm like this looks badass uh -huh. and then by the end of the trailer i'm like stop showing me shit i have now yeah, seen yeah. so much shit but yeah. yeah it looks pretty awesome him and oscar isaac uh Who's the other one well there's a hemsworth in there i think oh yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah i'm excited about that yeah i can't wait uh argo's good though yes yep. <laughs> um there's a uh, it's um 
it's a it, what would you there was, there was something in the movie that sort of reminded me of um the, it had what's that movie with uh broderick and uh and uh, what's that movie? you've talked about it before matthew broderick it's about them making a movie oh yeah it's a fake movie yeah it's called the last shot the last shot yeah uh uh where but uh, i mean this i guess this stuff happened well before that but um but yeah it's uh it's making a fake production a fake canadian production yeah. so that they can go to iran and pretend like they're going out for location scouts but they're really trying to save hostages that are that are held there um they're after- trapped inside victor uh what's his name's house <laughs> yeah the uh victor garber's yeah, yeah. Victor garber's house <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah uh this is right after the uh was it the embassy breach yeah breach of some sort uh and the people who got out went to this one place and hid out for a long time the the movie was criticized for not giving canadians enough credit because they were the main force behind it and meanwhile this one one guy you mm-hmm. know sort of i guess shepherded it but mm-hmm. um but uh it's really good it's really tense alan arkin and john goodman are really good in They're it so funny yeah there's uh, a ton of people in this movie. hell yeah john uh, goodman i realized this the other day john goodman has been in a lot of movies about making movies mm-hmm. yeah he's in this he's in hail caesar He's in uh, Barton um, Fink. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't actually go do this, but I bet if you went to his IMDb and scrolled through, he's made a good eight nine movies about making movies. And he even made one about uh, movie theaters too. What was that one? Oh, called? it was it wasn't the uh, majestic, but it was. Uh, was it called Popcorn or something like that? Because he that was the that was about the guy who experimented with like putting smells and stuff yeah, in the theater. Yeah. I remember that. I saw it. It wasn't very good. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever saw it. But yeah, I was casually watching Hail Caesar, and he was in there, and I was like, "Son of a!" And he's in Trumbo. Did you like Hail Caesar? No, I've tried twice now, and I know it's got like this thing. People love it. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't. I'm not connecting to it. Have you gone back and watched Argo more than like once or twice? Uh, yes, but not in several years. I've seen it total probably three or four times. Oh, really? Because I, you know, we were talking about how the town is so watchable. Mm-hmm. Argo's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's not like something that I got to put that on. It's it's on the the channel. It's starting right now. I really have to watch that. It, I have to do that with the town. I don't I don't know how to explain it, but it loses on repeat viewings the tension at the end. Yes, it does. Especially when you know it's all movie tension. Yeah. And in real life, none of that shit at the airport happened. Um and and so unlike Apollo 13, where I still know what happens at the end, even when I've seen it 25 times, I can still get tense. Or The mm-hmm. Martian, I can still get something to do with the filmmaking. But here, I don't get I don't get yeah, that yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more I, I watch it when I rewatch it. I watch it more for the performances. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the John Goodman movies called Matinee. Matinee. That's why I was I thinking the Majestic. That. Yeah. Um, uh, small time film promoter releases a kitschy horror film during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Joe Dante directed it. <laughs> no, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. So I may have to watch that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I I know what you're saying. It, it Argo seems like a, a sort of an in the moment best picture win. Yeah. Like we really 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 like this right now. I think and, that's what Green Book is going to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. I don't even, yeah, yeah, I think it's exactly, that's exactly right. Mm. Um, and I don't know why, I don't know why they, these, these, uh, assembled artists can't like sit there and go, 
do we still think Argo is a great movie 10 years from now and, and honestly be it? And Argo is good. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. We're not saying it's bad or anything. It's just that best picture. Yeah. You go and look down the line and you look at some of these that have won best picture and just like you, none of these have lasting power. A lot of these don't have lasting power. Yeah. I mean, you could say the same for, and I don't want to like call out Moonlight, but like, is that, really what you're going to remember from that year are you really going to remember shape of water as being the best of Mm -hmm. last year it's been a weird run recently you know what i mean yeah i think i'm wrong i don't think john goodman's in hail caesar there's so many people in there i I believed yeah i mean he's in so many (laughs) coen brothers movies too but anyway (sighs) but it's it still stands he's in a lot of those he's he's in a lot of those type of movies but uh, on to arlington road (laughs) go ahead no you go ahead this is a movie that time forgot Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you ever hear anybody? T- I, I think the only person I've heard mention this movie in the last 10 years was Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> I be. never hear anybody. I've seen it my, probably three or four times. Yeah. And I think it's good. I do too. I think it's a little campy, maybe 10% campy. Yeah. Mostly Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't end the way you expect. Mm hmm um and uh yeah it really works for me i just i don't know if i'm on an island there I no I, I like I it too no i yeah. watched it back in 1999 when it came out and i loved it um but um it is exactly what you were saying it is uh including that 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 it feels like that ending even though the ending's good <laughs> that's just slow motion jeff bridges <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but uh but uh yeah so so it's uh it sets up the that jeff bridges and uh suspects that his neighbors might be up to something but he doesn't know quite what and doesn't he doesn't he go over and to their house and then he oh yeah sees oh. like all these plans yeah, and stuff. oh yeah basically he's an anti-terrorism professor mm-hmm. which is a, a thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it just so happens his new next door neighbor is giving some red flags about homegrown <laughs> terrorism yeah so much so that you well, i think the reason it is 10 percent too campy is that they are trying to make they are trying to push you all the way into that corner of thinking you know oh it's definitely tim robbins he's definitely so it can't be that it has to be something else you're giving me too much evidence i'm gonna believe something else and then they can hit you with that ending where it both is and isn't what you expect yeah 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 because they they reveal halfway through it that he he has been a domestic terrorist in the past yeah and he's not who he says he is yeah and you're like okay why is there still so much movie left yeah exactly he even kidnaps that dude's kid (laughs) yeah takes him away to some camping trip and just never brings him back <laughs> and it's uh it's an odd coupling to tim robbins and joan cusack all <laughs> right yeah i mean and i know that robbins and and cusack john cusack especially have this long running like if you if you were to look up their collaborations imdb there's probably more than 10 wow oh but then you think? have joan cusack yeah i bet there is oh yeah. wow Ro- tim robbins and john cusack have been in the same movie at least at least that i can think of right now five times but oh. I bet Man. it's been 10. I can't wait to look this up. Yeah. The only thing I can call to mind right now is high fidelity. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think Cradle Will Rock is another one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, that's an odd coupling. Uh, but uh, yeah, I really liked Arlington Road. I, I I don't know if we've ever talked about it on here before. I don't know if we have. I don't think we have. Cause I we, feel it, like it's come up before. Well, there's so many similar movies to this, like Domestic Disturbance yeah. and fucking... Uh, what's the one with... Uh, Another neighbor thing. 
I, I forget which one. But there's there's a bunch of these. Disturbia. Disturbia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rear window. Rear window. <laughs> yeah, but this, Disturbia was more the guy might be a killer. I mean, I guess if you're yeah, just, yeah. if you're really being it, giving a casting a wide net. But there's also that movie, the comedy that came out a couple years ago with Galifianakis and uh, who oh John Hamm and John Hamm. Yeah, and I, I think Gal Gadot's in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she yeah. is. Um, whatever and, that's uh, called, Isla Fisher, right? Yes, I think that's right. It's uh. The neighbors are spies, and we're the Joneses. I think that's the keeping title. up with the Joneses. Oh yeah, keeping up with the Joneses. There you yeah. go. <clears throat> um, we got there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, on to Ridley Scott's Body of Lies. Ooh, yeah, Ridley. Is yeah. this the one with Leo? Uh, yes. Leo and uh, Russell Crowe. All the phone calls. <laughs> yes, all this the phone, like phone calls. calls. The movie. It's it phone is. calls. The movie. It's yeah. so fucking boring. Yeah, and it's so forgettable. Yeah, I don't know how you assemble this talent. And make a shitty movie. There was a section of like eight years. This may still be going on where Russell Crowe, for every one movie you knew he made, he made two other movies you didn't know he made mm -hmm. until five years later. Yeah. This is one of them. <laughs> There's also that one with the where he's like the mayor and Ben Affleck is like a Senate something or whatever. Oh, I keep coming up with these forgettable <laughs> political thrillers. I know exactly what you're talking about. The knight and then the city council or the king of the... <laughs> We own the night? No, that's a different one. It's something like that. It's got that. Ben Affleck in it? It's Ben Affleck and Russell Crowe. State of play. State of play. <laughs> <laughs> Give us that any three words. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Box of fruit. I will say. <laughs> Box of fruit. <laughs> I will say that this in the in this movie, you may remember Mark Strong. The one who kept, who's, who's my dear all the way through ah. this and everything. And this is the first time I remember saying, Ooh, there's Mark Strong. I know, I want to know who this guy is. And he's been in a million things hmm. since, mm -hmm. but, uh, he, I think he steals this movie. Mark Strong does. Interesting. Um, I don't remember a thing about it. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> I for some reason, I remember him more than anything. And, uh, and, and the phone calls. Cause I yes. do remember. So what a terrible body of lies absolutely has to be a nudity riddled Skinamax film from the nineties. Yeah. I don't know how there's no Madonna wax pouring yeah. in this movie. <laughs> No. And Willem Dafoe. Right. <laughs> God, he's been in a lot of creepy sex. That was yeah, Body of Evidence? Body, Body of, of Evidence. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, <laughs> then there is, <laughs> let's, we'll just let uh, Jeremy run with this one. Uh -oh. The Born Identity. Oh, baby. Oh, but what is this? I guess just the CIA stuff. Yeah, just the CIA lately. stuff. Yep. All right, but I mean, that's a, that's a significant chunk of the movie. You know, as I go on, I have for years said that Ultimatum was the best slash my favorite and then supremacy and then identity um then of course the one they made with renner i like more than most but it's not great and then the one they jason Bourne they made with matt damon ah let's forget about that altogether right. but as time goes on i do think as a standalone film identity is ultimately the best one hold on you did ultimatum number one yeah that waterloo station train scene that scene alone I think vaulted over all the other ones. Ultimatum's the third one, right? Yeah. And then Supremacy and then Identity. That's how I have long ranked them. But wow. I'm, I, what I'm saying now is that you really don't, Supremacy and Ultimatum really only work because of their connection. They're all continuation, but they're mm -hmm. very, very tied to those previous. Whereas the first one has a clear beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. You can get in, get out. Matt Damon still looks like he's in his 20s because he probably is. Um, <clears throat> and Doug Lyman has a different style mm -hmm. than... Um, 
you know, green do, grass. Yeah, green mm-hmm. grass. Uh, and I like green grass's style on the other two. But anyway, I've come to start appreciating identity a little more than I, I agree with past. you. I think that's my favorite. By and far. It, you know, Chris Cooper mm-hmm. is chewing it up. And I don't know. Born Supremacy know. is probably still my favorite, but um, but Born Identity is one of those great success stories. It was it did decently at the box office. It mm. wasn't a huge huge hit, I don't believe. Uh, but it uh, it was it was at the time theater rentals were a big thing. Born Identity was was uh, number one for a really long time, or, or oh, it wow. sold so many copies on when it first came out. One of those measurements. And that's where they decided we're going to make a whole franchise out of this thing. And uh, and then, yeah, when you go back to Born Identity, you're like, oh, wow, this is a lot better than I remember it being when I first watched it. It's Hell just yeah. that type of movie. It has so many sequences. Now, all the Born movies do this, but this one has the most sequences of Born silently trying to figure shit out. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the, uh, there's more dialogue and more overt. This is what he's doing. This is what he's thinking. The first one, there's so much silence. It is. I, and and there's not all that baggage. Like, you have to know, by ultimatum, you have to know Treadstone. You have to know the other evil white guy, the other evil white guy. Yeah. And, like, John they Allen. They keep piling evil white guys. There's so many. <laughs> like so many. Like, every, every new movie that introduces a new actor, you're like, oh, yeah, that dude's behind some yeah. fucking Treadstone. <laughs> yep. He's white. He yeah. has to. He's old. <laughs> yeah, so identity is is the most, like, I don't know. Like I say, the least amount of baggage. So mm-hmm. you can just watch it as a, a standalone movie and appreciate it like that without having to go back and all the knowledge and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, the follow-up uh, for uh, Richard Kelly for... Uh, well, actually, I guess this was after Southland Tales, but he, he Donnie Darko... <laughs> What's to think about that? Uh, <laughs> oh, the, no. The box. Oh, no. Um <laughs> This this movie is not good. I love the premise of it though. Me too. Frank Langella comes in and tells Pete tells Cameron Diaz and who else is in this? Actually, James it's, o- it's only ninety five percent of Frank Langella. <laughs> it's true. only ninety five percent. He's it's, not all there. Uh, it's James Marsden. Is the, James the Marsden? Guy. That's right. Um, and uh, he comes in and he says, "If you if you press this button." uh in this or was it is it a button in the box mm-hmm. you press a button in the box then someone dies but you get extreme wealth or something a million like dollars that. yeah a million yep. dollars um and so the whole thing is about the sort of the conundrum of uh not whether or not to press the button and, well, isn't this a twilight zone episode and not a movie it was a twilight it was originally a twilight zone either episode or like a spec script or something like that that have been it just feels around. like an idea that's not expandable to feature length it's not and chris mentioned that it's about like the conundrum and everything but it's only if memory serves like 45 minutes in before she presses the button i don't even think it's that long it may be less than that but I she feel- presses that shit and then you're like what why do i need extra movie again you know after this and- yeah yeah um yeah. and and i guess the the thing is too is you don't know who it is that dies mm-hmm. there's a million people who die in you know in a day and you don't know them so why what's another person right. um the thing that i mainly remember about this movie is how many times they put po- they give you the period of time that they're in like there's the watergate scandals going <laughs> on there's all the the clothes there's the let's go watch f troop there's all this <laughs> bullshit and uh and i watched it with a guy at a movie theater and like and uh we kept going 
God, I, this movie's really like ramming that 1974 down our throats, aren't they? They're just like, and then like, um, a week later, I think I texted that guy and I said, don't forget the box is set in 1974. <laughs> and, uh, and then like, a year later, I texted him and I just randomly gave him that text. Um, wow. But yeah, that's a movie that has a great premise, but no payoff whatsoever. Yeah. I, I guess Richard Kelly just blew his wad on Donnie Darko. Because yeah. has he even, I think he, he may have done like t- some TV after this, but like, has he done a, like a, a feature that you know of since this? Nothing that. I mean, he's done other features. I think he's done at least one or he's done another one that, um, feature films. No, this is the last one, at least, uh, for feature films. Yeah. That's the last one, but let's see. he's got upcoming projects though. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I hope he, he can, you know, get his shit back together because Donnie Darko's awesome and the box is not. Yeah. Right. But still we're talking about if this guy was a baseball player, He'd be batting three thirty three after the three at bats. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh! He didn't direct Domino. He wrote Domino. Yeah, which Domino. I thought I think is kind of watchable. That's another Ridley movie, right? That's a Tony, Tony Scott, Scott movie. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a weird combo, man. <laughs> Richard Kelly, Tony Scott. Tony Scott's at his full on like worst tendencies. In yeah, that movie. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I can still watch it though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, Donnie Darko is on our list. I'll skip over one oh, to yeah. get to Donnie Darko as well. Donnie Darko, uh, despite the fact that it's got a, a strange and maybe doesn't make any sense kind of ending, the, the movie's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it the, we, we can, we can talk about that ending forever, how it probably doesn't make much sense, even in a time loop. It, mm. in, uh, it doesn't make much sense, but I really, really love Donnie Darko. All the performances are great in this. Jake Gyllenhaal, one of his, it's early in his career. It's not like he hadn't done anything before then. Yeah, he had done October Sky just before this. And Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy, yeah. <laughs> but he's fantastic. Maggie Gyllenhaal's great. Fucking uh, Patrick Swayze is greasy and terrible, but really good in that role. Yeah. Uh, Drew Barrymore, Noah, the librarian. Noah Wiley. Yeah, and like the, everything is shot really cool. The rabbit is super cool. Yeah. Like, it's just a really good concept, and I really like this movie. Yeah. I'm very disappointed in what you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it'd be different if he made one good movie and ten turds. Yeah, that's true. He really that's hasn't true. come up to bat enough times to say, which is surprising. I feel like they gave M. Nate Shyamalan <laughs> lots of at bats, <laughs> yes. and they just sent this guy down to the minors or something. I don't know. What, maybe he can't hit the curve. Going all day. He can't hit the curve. That's what it is. <laughs> Clint Eastwood could tell by the sound of the swing of his bat. What are you doing in that stupid bunny suit? <laughs> what are you doing in that stupid man suit? Oh, it's great. It's so great. The sound, however they processed his voice, mm-hmm. uh, the, the rabbit's voice, Frank, is so freaky. Yeah. It's so unsettling. Whatever they do, because it's not outside of the norm of like almost a regular human voice, mm-hmm. but it's it's done just percussively or something like that to where mm-hmm. it gets under your skin it's fucking awesome and special effects are good too and they uh they apparently paid a guy almost nothing mm. to do it it's one of those guys who basically volunteered almost mm. to do it and they, those effects are really cool they are uh, i like the whole i like the whole idea the, the discussion around the time travel and everything and just you know the movie isn't necessarily about time travel i mean it's got that element in it but uh you know uh I, I love I love how he goes through and sort of, 
you know, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's because of his character or what's happening to him that he becomes sort of a, uh, a sort of a justice warrior of some sort, like where he's, you know, he's, he's sort of, I don't know how he knows Patrick Swayze has been touching kids or whatever, not Patrick Swayze, but his character. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, important <laughs> yeah i don't know how he knows that but he he you know ends up you know burning that guy's house to the ground yeah is it that frank tells him it might be that frank tells him uh, but i don't I think do. there's anything explicitly in right. there that says I, he may just go over there and actually he may not know he may just burn the house down because of his stupid videos oh. and that's how they find out yeah i think you may be right i need yeah. to go back and watch this again yeah it's also got a bitchin soundtrack it does it's got you've heard the gary jules mad mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. uh which is funny because i think that's a tears for fears song it is that gary jules is covering and then the tears for fears song head over heels is in the movie yeah in one of the best sequences that you'll ever see oh it's great uh you know really leaning on well on and a, the mad the original mad world is fast isn't it faster? It's faster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's very 80s, 80s yeah, yeah. fast. It's like, ding, 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 mad world. Ding, 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 ding. But that's, the Tears for Fear song is great, too. But, yeah, this this cover version is, oh, is awesome. So good. Um, and then there's like three LL Cool J songs in there. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Going back to Deep. Cali. <laughs> Deepest, bluest. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for you uh but yeah there's a lot of people in this too i mean you have i mean maggie gyllenhaal this is the first time i'd ever seen her uh seth rogan has a very, oh, yeah. has a very very small role in Forgot it about that uh but uh yeah and uh you know uh, davey chase who uh, later would be samara in the ring mm. or actually, oh she's the, the little sister yeah little sister oh that's right yeah spark emotion that's right <laughs> <laughs> i am i'm beginning to seriously doubt your your, your what is it? devotion your to devotion spark to sparkle motion <laughs> who is uh who's the mom is it uh mary it's uh, uh mary McDonald? McDonald. yeah yeah and uh then there's uh holmes osborne plays yeah. the dad yeah there's who's, a lot of people you see later or what actually you saw before in election oh yeah uh but uh yeah i love donnie darko we haven't talked about it um, a bunch on this podcast but big recommend yes yeah. good stuff we didn't even mention Jenna Malone's in that movie. Oh no, we didn't. Oh, Jenna Malone. Yeah, she's uh, she's, she's the like dead the love interest. Yeah, yeah. She's not uh, dead at first. It's <laughs> <laughs> a whole different movie. <laughs> Heavy. Um, there's a, there is a fun thing also about the Smurfs in there too, where mm -hmm. he's like, "How do the Smurfs reproduce?" and <laughs> like and all that. And apparently, that whole thing that he goes through, like the creators of the Smurfs came out and said. Yeah, that's what you got it right. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, I did skip over. I skipped over Die Hard Two. Die Hard Two. Yeah, ah, yeah. the one, at, the one with the airplanes. Yes, the one at the airport. <laughs> it could literally be any airport. I guess at the time they made this, Dulles was one of the busiest. Yes. Like if they made this movie today, it would be Atlanta, right? Yeah. It, okay. Is this a is this a good movie? No. Uh, by no means. However, <laughs> but I really like. Everybody yeah. loves it. Though. However. <laughs> The problem, I, I think, I, I think you compare it to Die Hard, then you're going to say this is a piece of shit. Yeah. But when you just take it on its own, it's totally fine. Yes. It's 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 way way underrated uh, when it comes down to it. Mm. But yeah, there's there's some just goddamn stupid shit in this. <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, uh, we've seen this movie before, but like the the 
the part where he proves to the cops that the gun isn't the gun isn't <laughs> the gun shooting blanks i'm just gonna i'm just gonna shoot this in an airport in front of a bunch of cops I'm and, so every, confident and, every, yeah, and everybody will realize nothing's happening so i'll just I, you know it's the dumbest thing ever and then you know what uh when you go through a metal detector what sets it off first the the uh the shit in your brains or the lead in your ass yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not to mention the final mono mono fight on the wing of a plane <laughs> right, that man. is taking off in the ice and snow yeah yep gotta go out there some and, of the uh, most believable shit ever mm-hmm. this is even though we all like it this is number three in the original diehard trilogy though right yeah quality wise yeah yeah I'd go one three two yeah and yeah. then i would just give the finger to the rest of them do we even yeah, have yeah. to pretend like let's just for some reason, a lot of people love that live free or die hard, though. That's just got to be Timothy Oliphant love. I I, I can watch it. I don't like it, but I can watch or it. Or Justin Long love. That's, I mean, you take... Kevin uh, Smith love. Kevin Smith love. Uh, there's things to like. It mm-hmm. just doesn't cohese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't cohese. Also, John McClane versus an E-terrorist. Yes. Not very exciting. No. A little more exciting than John McClane versus a russian nuclear meltdown site mm-hmm. yeah yes God much damn. more interesting than that they but were, they really beat the shit out of this franchise <laughs> take a look at die hard 2 though and compare it to any average action movie that comes out these days it's better than most of them. yeah no i would agree with that for sure like if you're talking about the skyscrapers or skyscraper or skyscraper <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm only thinking of other rock movies right now, but you're totally right. I think not, not certainly not the elite level Mission Impossible born kind of action movie, mm. but just your average action movie. Yes, Die Hard 2 is better than what we're getting on average today. Uh, but uh, I guess, yeah, you had McTiernan on the first one, and then I am almost certain, but I could be completely wrong. I know that Harlan directed the second one. Rennie Harlan directed the second one. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, McTiernan was doing Hunt for Red October, so I'm assuming that the reason why he didn't do Die Hard 2 was because he was doing Hunt for Red October. Good decision. Uh, uh, yeah, but maybe <laughs> if McTiernan does Die Hard 2, we don't have some of the stupid shit that's in there, and it's a lot more tense. Well, listen, and- I like yeah. Rennie Harlan all right, but it's not like he's known for picking super smart scripts. No. No, definitely not. Right? Although he did he did Long Kiss Goodnight. Well, again, I don't... I think there's smartness in that script, but mm-hmm. that's not a smart movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Cutthroat Island. Yeah. It's not like he's David Fincher or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's still good, though. We love it. Yeah. Uh, then we have Hidden Figures. Um, this is about uh, these three women who uh, are are really a lot of the brains behind how they end up getting on the moon uh, in NASA. And they're three black ladies in the South, and nobody thinks that they can, you know, figure out stuff like that. Until Viggo Mortensen starts driving them around. <laughs> That's right. That's correct. Hey, they all pee the same color. <laughs> is that in the movie? What? Is that in the movie? Uh, I believe it is. Actually, LaRange tweeted out the other day uh, that, uh, the, you remember that, that part in Hidden Figures? Where the white savior destroys the bathroom sign the, for uh, the uh, the the segregated bathroom, and he destroys the sign. And he says, "We all pee the same color." <laughs> I actually haven't seen the movie. I, I, I think, my wife did. She said it was really good, but I haven't seen it either. No, it is really good. Um, uh, I, I believe in this one. If there was a Vigo, it would be Kevin Costner. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, but he's not like Vigo is in this. I think he's more. 
I don't know. I, I, what would you say Kevin Costner is like in this? He, I don't, I wouldn't call him. He's not like, he's not like actively trying to keep them down. That's Jim Parsons role is mm. basically to keep them down during this whole thing. But Kevin Costner doesn't, doesn't want to do anything right away that they're asking either. Mm. Um, you've seen this, right? Mm. No, I actually put on there that I haven't seen it, but I want to put it on the main list. Oh, okay. Because it was such a thing. I actually this this movie is tailor made for me and for my wife. Yeah. Neither of us, for whatever reason, had a chance to to watch. Oh, it. it's it's really good. Yeah, I hear it's really good. Uh, Taraji P Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Monae, um, oh. all in this, and um, uh, really right. I think uh, Mahershal Ali is in this as well. He's so good. Yeah, I love is. that guy. He's now the new in everything guy right now. I know, and I love him in everything. I'm okay with that. Mm. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, they're they're mathematicians. They're working around the clock. There's even uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of you know made about Taraji P Henson's character having to go from the building that she works at and run all the way down to because they have the segregated bathrooms, so mm. she has to run from her own building. To some other place in heels, Jesus, all the way down to this one place, and uh, so yeah, it is. It's it's a it is one of those movies where you're like, okay, '60s South racism. We've mm. been here before, but it's really really good. Uh, um, that that scene is from Hidden Figures. We all awesome. the same color. Awesome. Yeah, I don't even I didn't even remember that. Uh, then there is the House of Yes, which I have heard of. I've never seen it. Boy, was this a controversial movie when it uh, came out? It's fucked all the way up it's like well basically it's basic basically it's incest right yes it's uh it's a uh, parker posey parker posey indie darling loves and loves a brother yes josh hamilton who yeah. was in eighth grade yeah it was super protested about and boycotted by religious groups when it came out i actually i remember this i didn't i saw the movie once but i remember the ruckus about it because at this point in time i was on a christian college campus oh um and i was sort of a, i was also in my movie world immersion mm -hmm. and so i was like frustrated that all these people around me were protesting a movie that hadn't even come out yet and no one had seen simply because they had heard there was incest in it. what a weird movie this is like an indie super small release like a like a cult Thing. what a weird i don't know about that wasn't it miramax it's miramax but, but i mean it, was it wasn't after miramax and disney were to working together because i remember the, the, so yeah, the push was at, after or... disney for being a part of this ah. movie that had incest in it it's got it's got some fucking incest in there it does i don't think it's that great of a movie ultimately you know all the all the hubbub was oh, for really? nothing because i like this movie a lot i don't say I, I only saw the ones maybe i should go back to it no, um, it's 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 very very weird. It it reminds you of like a who's the guy that did Happiness and all that Todd Salon. Todd Salon, yeah. It reminds you of that kind of a movie, and you have to be in a certain place to watch it. Now Parker Posey actually has a really good performance. She's she's very troubled. Uh, she's she's definitely mentally ill. She thinks she's Jackie Onassis. Yeah. Um, and they recreate this thing of Josh Hamilton playing JFK. While he's shot, and she cradles him, uh, his dead body, mm -hmm. and that's how they do their thing, get in the mood, and all that stuff. And so, like I said, it's fucked all the way up, but it's it's an interesting <laughs> this, watch. This was Mark Waters' debut. He did um, the remake of Freaky Friday and Mean Girls later on. Oh, yeah. He's, I uh, believe, the brother of the guy who wrote Heather's. Oh um, yeah, and um, 
and so like that's a that's a, a way way to way to crack into the business something super <laughs> controversial like that huh? it's uh i think mostly for parker posey's performance it's uh it's worse. oh toy spelling is in this too she uh, plays the oh, girlfriend yeah. and god she is terrible <laughs> <laughs> she played uh then we have the hunt for red october oh this is such a great movie yeah Mm -hmm. it's hard to resist every time i see it playing like even like because the bbc america will play that shit with commercials and edited for tv and i'm still (laughs) drawn to that shit because it's it's one is it it's one of the most cinematic fucking movies ever made it is it really is like even the even the ready room scenes when jack ryan is first being thrust into the spotlight he shot the shit out of that scene yeah oh my god i love this movie it's so tense it's got a great story uh, in the middle of it because this isn't just this is playing on tensions between u.s and russia and you know the the political theater that's going on you know sort of informs what the action is going to be in this thing you know and you have one guy who who is a low on the totem pole in the cia who's like no this guy who's commanding this boat who stole a boat from russia is trying to get away from russia he's not trying to come here to attack the u.s and some sort of crazy you know move and everything but that's not what anybody else believes right. and it's uh and you can't you can't fault any of his superiors no the, what the movie does so well is give you just enough to know he's right yeah but not so much that you can be angry at the people who don't agree with him because yeah. everyone else is doing the right thing and they're like okay the odds that you're right are so slim you're gonna take a helicopter we're gonna strip it down and make it a flying gas can <laughs> to get you out you're gonna drop in the water and a submarine's gonna pick you up that's the only way we're gonna try and even confirm that you're right otherwise yeah. it's on yep. and we're gonna go to war this situation will get out of control it'll get out of control and be lucky to live through it um yeah the the scene t- i love the scene too where he's trying to He's trying to um, convince Scott Glenn about the defection and everything. And he's like, he's like, he's like, Ramius plans to defect. The Russians know this is why they're going. They're bringing everybody out here to come after him and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and uh, Scott Glenn keeps on doing his stuff. Like, all right, I want uh, all the safeties off of my missiles and all <laughs> <Yeah>. that. And, <laughs> and he's like, still just, he's like, come on. And Baldwin is like sweaty and he's just like trying to get. And then finally, there's a point where uh, he gets a little bit too close and Glenn's like, He's like, all right, uh, Captain, he asks his his XO to, like, get uh, Captain blah, blah, blah with his firearm immediately. And the XO goes... (laughs) snaps. (laughs) Man, you could probably make a fun edit of Crimson Tide and this movie and just, like, angry captains barking commands. Yeah. And then people from other subs from other movies responding to them. Yeah. Because, like, you just said that call Captain whatever to the bridge with his sidearm or whatever, and I picture Weps from Crimson Tide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walking up with his yeah. flat yeah. top. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. could be our Patreon video. We could do uh, the hunt for Crimson October. Yeah, we could. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you we got to throw at least one and, more in and, there. And, well, and then we'd, we'd have Das Boat, we'd have The Widowmaker, we'd have U571. Uh, all those boat movies would be in there. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, and that last one that Gerard Butler was in, that whatever that was. The, the, it wasn't The Widowmaker, it was The uh, Hunter Killer. Hunter, Hunter Killer. Killer. Yeah. Throw that in I there. swear to God, Gerard Butler's fucking with me. <laughs> he is. He just, every other movie he makes is batshit insane you're gonna watch this aren't you as soon as Hunter it comes killer up? yeah well yeah but i'm not gonna go out of my way <laughs> i've got i've got the blu-ray <laughs> uh 
but uh, yeah, we've talked about Hunt for Red October before. Huge recommend. Watch that movie if you haven't. Uh, then we have The Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, boy. Uh, this was the Edward Norton one. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, I think Louis Leterrier was. Yeah. Louis, Louis Leterrier. Yes. Uh, directed this. He makes great water. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, <laughs> I read. Okay, I'll go first. I don't like this movie at all. No. Really? I know there are there are fans. There are a lot of people that I would rather watch Eric Bana's Hulk over this every single time. Every single time. And I don't know what it is. I think it's mostly that it fails to do it anything new it just looks different yes yes it's it's weird that it had that marvel sheen before marvel sheen was a thing yeah you know uh you're probably right i probably would watch angley's hulk too but i i also enjoy this movie yeah, like it's, it's just it's just it's fun now it's I mean, tim robin or tim roth isn't tim it? roth yes it's tim roth doing planet of the apes basically yeah and that Hulk can form. that can be fun and yeah. the, and one of the many of the same versus same yep. uh, uh battles at the end and uh and those those things just are boring to me yep and uh i did there's the there's also not that this is a big flaw for the movie or anything but i thought it was weird that they made his hulk trigger mechanism uh like just getting too excited yeah, so there's pulse the, rate, right yeah so there's the scene where he's like ha- about to have sex with Liv tyler and it's like i can't get too excited <laughs> and i'm like wasn't the whole thing tied to your anger that's what i thought you know like what since when because you feel joy that it, I, I I thought that was like I think we even put that in the Sims video. Like, what does that say about this character that mm-hmm. he turns into a big green monster yeah, if right. he if he has sex with a girl? Yeah, if he gets horny. Even. Well, yeah. hey, this sticks out like a sore thumb in the MCU, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know they've recast Rhodey, but he is nowhere near as big of a character as as Hulk, right? Mm-hmm. So like watching this as part of the MCU, which it is. Is is just it's weird. Yeah. The problem is that they they put that stupid stinger on the end, and now they can't say it's not part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. That's really the only thing keeping them from. Like I saw a headline the other day that said all five or all fifty five Marvel movies ranked, and I was like, "Fuck me! I forget about how many non MCU Marvel movies there are oh, yeah, out there." Yeah. Uh, so this could have just been another you know non MCU Marvel movie yeah. out there, and then they did that thing of bringing back the general mm-hmm. in Civil War. Yeah. To even further tie this movie and Infinity to th- War, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in Infinity in War right? too, and uh, but not the girl, not Liv Tyler. Yeah, what happened to her at the end of this? I don't know. There's no, yeah, or there's even, no Betsy anywhere in yeah. any of these. Uh, even old brother, the scientist guy. Yeah, Tim Blake, Tim Nelson. Blake, Tim Blake Nelson. Nelson. I mean, it's well, just- yeah, they've already had some crossover between uh, actors who were in, yeah, like the so yeah, Tim. Tim Blake Nelson was in the the non Marvel Fantastic Four, right? The, the the you know none of the Fantastic Fours have been in that MCU yet. But then he's also in the Marvel approved Incredible Hulk, and uh, and then yeah, William Hurt does play the same character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they have yeah, so you have uh you have that connection. But uh, what was who's the other ones? I mean, Chris Evans also obviously right, plays. Yeah, right. yeah, that's the that's the big one. Uh, but uh, but see, that's, like there's been some other ones. I think you could have. Ju- I think you sh- you could have just severed it mm-hmm. if you hadn't had that stinger on there with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, they yeah. they, they half-assed the continuity. Is yeah. all, is all I'm saying. Like yeah. the characters completely different, 
Um, yeah, the no Betsy. It's it's just weird. I enjoy watching it, but it's just weird. It's a weird MCU entry. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Independence Day Resurgence. Jesus. This movie is just god-awful. That was the worst movie I think we saw, or the worst one I saw. It was 2016. I, I think, think it might be one of the worst of the decade. It It's up there. It's one of the worst big releases anyway. I mean, it's a gra- I'm trying to pinpoint why it's so terrible. I don't remember it. There's just a weird disconnect. I've always felt this way about movies that have a, like a 20-year gap or a mm-hmm. big, huge gap in between. The movies themselves, the way movies are made have changed so much that there's really no DNA of that original in that in that second movie. Yeah. And then the second movie, I mean, in the, you don't have anything that just, there's no real good, I mean, there's nothing good about it. There's nope. like, they, they, uh, they try to just get every, all the characters back in and they're trying to get it's just a loud terrible action movie it is it is it's it's a it's it, you can tell that it was made for the money you mm-hmm. know and um, i don't did it make it didn't it, i think it barely made a hundred million here and then it uh, maybe worldwide it made three somewhere around there worldwide grossed 817 million so it made worldwide. 817 worldwide Jeez. it made 100 here though right like Jeez, 100 I was trying to get to yeah 103 million in the yeah United States. that's that's insane and they they left it with this idea that it was going to be a big franchise too and who can yeah who's to say i mean i guess seriously 817 million why don't they make more yeah yeah uh just try harder it try just harder. yeah it, they were awful and then it was weird too to see may whitman's daughter character from the first one being played by completely by the girl from it follows yeah 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 and yeah, yeah. It, it's it's it would be interesting to sort of we've done a sins video on it but it would be kind of fun to kind of break down why so many different things about it don't connect yeah yeah, yeah. and everything and a lot of it's there's a, the effects are bad the the action's terrible like all the things that are should be good about a movie like this is yeah awful uh the interview Oh Jesus! Um, yeah, so obviously it's set in North Korea uh, oh, for for CIA. most of it, but it, yeah, it's the CIA. It's uh, who is the woman that uh, is it? Uh, the Lizzie Kaplan's Lizzie it. Kaplan is the the CIA. Yeah, agent. this is Seth Rogen, James Franco, um, and uh, the yeah, it was one of the Sony hack uh, mm-hmm. type of things where like uh, I, Korea apparently got a hold of this, and I think this has been either disproven or at least uh people don't believe it anymore that the, the that's the reason why we started getting threats from korea about this movie if it got released oh and, yeah i don't know was that proven or disproven? i think it was disproven i don't think any i don't kind of went away like everybody was like looking into it and going nothing seems to be uh you know above board on this on this rumor or anything so like the interview got crippled as far as its uh, theater release yeah, yeah, strategy yeah. and it eventually did come out and i saw it at the bell court here mm-hmm. uh and it came with a little uh st- like a, a thing at the beginning where seth rogan is like oh you are goddamn american heroes for coming out and watching this movie <laughs> did uh, you like it i did i thought it was funny i like this movie i think it's it's very funny I yeah i've seen it it's got i mean 
It, it is intentionally goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's intentionally. It's it's very much like Pineapple Express, like unexpectedly violent. Yeah. Um, especially with Seth Rogen. Doesn't he lose like half of his fingers or something like that at the end? I don't remember. Uh, yeah. It's uh, but it, there's something charming about it. Yeah, they're they're being sent in as a, to interview uh Kim Jong Un, mm-hmm. who Randall Park plays, and this mm-hmm. is the first oh, yeah, time I had right. ever saw Randall Park uh and uh i guess i can't is there a, there's a is there a secret what are they doing they're uh, trying to poison they're trying to kill him. they're poisoning him mm-hmm. okay all right but yeah and the the the, 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 the james franco is really this is like one of his funniest oh roles. he's hilarious he's in this. so funny in this yeah uh and uh seth rogan's great i love lizzie kaplan he becomes friendly with kim jong-un yeah got, it, it's set up really well you haven't seen it yet no it's set up really well to where like they're showing you all the facades he's like driving around pyongyang and everything and they're like the happy kids and the, the he thing. keeps <laughs> showing him the korea that he's he's been propagandizing right, right. Like, the grocery stores are always filled yeah. with stuff and and everything and and then they sort of have to slowly find out no this is this is all set up and everything but uh, it is, but it is funny. Yeah, I, I do remember the James Franco scene where Kim Jong Un takes him out to play basketball, and he's like, he's starting to think he's a regular dude, and he says like he doesn't pee or poop because he, <laughs> because he metabolizes perfectly, yeah. and so he asks, he's like, "Do you never pee or poop?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's an interview with Eminem at the beginning of this, yeah. where he gets Eminem to admit that he's gay. He's gay. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, this movie's funny. Um, then we have Lassie, 1994 version of Lassie. That's right. I oh. saw this. I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything about it, but I'm assuming that Lassie saves the day. Yes, he does. Uh, or she does. He, she, what is it? Uh, Lassie. Lassie's a girl, you dumbass. Is a girl, right? Mm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it may have been played by a boy, but the <laughs> character was a girl. Yeah. It's like uh, in Gross Point Blank where uh, he says, uh, John Cusack says he's got a cat, and uh, Minnie Driver asks if it's a boy or a girl, and he's like, I don't know. I respect its privacy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw uh, the Captain Marvel thing. They did like a live YouTube broadcast of the cat, where the cat was like on a table, and every now and then like Samuel Jackson would come in and talk to the cat and pet him, and Brie Larson would come in. And I'm like, you people know there was probably like a dozen cats in that movie, right? Mm-hmm. There's not one cat. It's not a the cat from Captain Marvel. Yeah. It's not how it works. Although, I don't know how, how true that is. Uh, there there have been a few movies I've seen where those animals are credited, and usually it's just one. But you're right. I think that they do do that a lot. I think it's, I think it's more common for multiple animals to play one animal character than for one animal to play again it, a lot of it depends on screen time if it's only sure. one scene very likely it's just one animal but i think i read the one from the ben stiller robert de niro comedy series i'm getting married to the cia oh <laughs> meet the parents <laughs> that that cat was played by multiple cats oh yeah jenks 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 Mr. Jinx, that's right. Uh, anyway, moving on. <clears throat> uh, but uh, yeah, I don't remember much about it. It's not very good. It, it is interesting that uh, Lauren Michaels produced this. Yeah, yeah. It is, that's all it is. It's a, it's a very straightforward Lassie thing. I like Lassie. Lassie's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then there's Lincoln. Yeah. Steven man. Spielberg's Lincoln. Basically, same exact movie as Lassie. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes down to it. Where do we stand with this movie? I'm 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 
ultimately frustrated by it. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is fantastic. Yes. The stuff about the vote, I think, is great. Uh, all the stuff with Mrs. Lincoln feels like a different movie. Yes. Or part of a different movie. Uh, and then I, I've said this before, but I'm really frustrated that he goes to the assassination at the end as right. though he feels you can't tell a story about Lincoln without reminding everybody. He got shot that one time. He got shot. And when that movie's not about the assassination at all, the movie's about, anyway, frustrates me. Made some weird choices, but there's some Spielberg flair and Daniel Day-Lewis is great. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's why I, I come down on this. Like, I, 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 I liked it, but it's, uh, it's not. It's not great in my in my mind. No, it it does have a ton of people in it. It does. It does. It's uh, Daniel Day Lewis, Sally Field, Joseph Gordon Levitt, of course, Elizabeth Marvel, Adam Driver, Jared Harris. Yeah, Adam Driver's at the very beginning, I believe. James Spader, right. uh, James Spader, Lucas Haas, David Oyelowo, 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 um, Dane DeHaan, <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Lee, of course, Dane DeHaan, <laughs> David Strathairn, Bruce McGill. I mean, like everybody, yep. Lee Pace, mm, Matthew McConaughey, Anthony Hopkins, Jaimon <laughs> <laughs> Honsu, uh, Hal Holbrook, yeah, Tim Blake Nelson, yeah, uh, John Hawks, just every fucking person, uh, Jackie Earl Haley, Gregory Hitson yeah. from Twenty Four. It just never ends. I know it's a good cast. Uh, it is a good cast. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's an underwhelming movie. It's got all that working for it. I was gonna say it's underwhelming. That, that uh, <laughs> what's that uh, Dracula movie that? Coffle of Maine. That had a great cast, too. Francis That's true. Yes. Yes. Bram Stoker's Dragula. <laughs> he also had Canoe in his yeah. British accent. Uh, then we have MacGruber. Oh, there shit. You go. <laughs> this is like the least Virginia ever. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, right. Barely. For like a couple scenes. Isn't that to Ryan Phillippe is a CIA guy? Yeah. Yeah, and Powers Booth. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. I'm so not tired of it. I almost tweeted out last night. Because uh, <laughs> he kills uh, Haas Bender is the first henchman that comes to kill him. That guy that shoots up the truck that MacGruber's in. MacGruber kills him and he gets out of the truck and turns to Ryan Phillippe and goes, Haas Bender, dead at the age of who the fuck cares? It's endlessly quotable to me. <laughs> I, I don't blame you if you never go back to it and just consistently look down at me. But I think if you went back to it, you would find a little more to like than you used to. Sure, not, yeah. If not as much as I. I have had two people now watch it because of me talking about it, and they've both said they loved it. <laughs> That's not evidence or anything. It's just, you know, anecdotally <laughs> throwing that in your direction. Uh, I think it's I think it's way funnier than it got credit for because I think we were expecting a different movie. Mm, and yeah. Now there's serious talk about the series coming back. And um, he said, Will Forte said, it won't be suitable for network television. Nice. So I'm imagining. Nor should it be. Well, no, but he's, he's going to keep that sort of R-rated flair, which comes in both the language and like the violence, because yeah. he'll just be making jokes, making jokes. Then he'll literally rip out someone's throat and the blood <laughs> will spurt everywhere. I'm telling you, man, you got to be able to take the governor off just in case you want to use it. That's what my, my frustration with as much as I love Happy Death Day is that. Make it R and take it a little bit crazier, mm. you know, mm -hmm. directions, and you'll make a 20% better movie, even though that's a really good movie already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have Major Pain, Damon Wayans. <laughs> I love this movie. Oh, you do? What? <laughs> what? I love it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Explain. I had. Okay. It takes a leap because he's 
Wayans is doing a voice here. He's doing a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if if you can swallow that and jump into it like it's just a really long, absurdist SNL sketch, I think it's funny as hell. Really? Okay. It's been now, a while. The reason I think this is, is in college, I had a roommate named Brian. And Brian had an infectious laugh. Brian's, you probably know somebody like this. He's the kind of person that could make you like a movie you didn't like just because of how much he's enjoying it when you see him watching. Right. Because he would go, <laughs> would always laugh like this. This is the guy that introduced me to The Simpsons because he was laughing like that at The Simpsons. Ah. I had gone to college having never seen The Simpsons because I was sheltered. Um, and he loved this movie. <laughs> And he put it on one day, and he just he 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 all the way through it. And by the time it was done, I was like, I was buying that accent that <laughs> what's doing. You all strip. Oh, I just love it. It's not good. It's probably if you look at if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's probably got like a twenty-eight. I would guess uh, it's low, but I love it. I like it. There were a lot of these like military comedy movies coming out in this era for some reason. Renaissance Man. Renaissance Man was one. Uh, Sergeant Bilko, which was a remake, yep. but a remake of a TV series. But still, there were a lot of these type of things coming out. Was it Down Periscope was another one? In the Army Now. In the Army <laughs> Now. 33%. I was not way. far off. Yep. Now, this is an ROTC, and he's been busted down, but he treats it like military. So he's basically a drill instructor from a real boot camp with a bunch of like middle school kids <laughs> who are all nerds and outcasts and out of shape people. Uh, and he just expects the impossible from them, and he's really mean to them when they don't. I just, I, I don't know, man. Give it, <laughs> give it fifteen minutes at least and see. Because if you can buy in at that uh, point, you could enjoy it. The, the last time I saw this, I was seventeen. So yeah, I was, I was around there. I, I, I don't remember any. I remember the voice you're talking about yeah. because Damon Wayans used to kind of do that type of thing on In Living Color as well. Uh, but. Uh, I don't remember anything about this. I movie. can't defend it. Like I can't defend it, but I like it. <laughs> hey man! All right, guys, <laughs> it's time to talk about movie again. Yes! Yay! Yep. Um. So, uh, what have you seen lately, Barrett? I am so excited for this movie ad right now because so there's two movies on movie right now. Uh, should be on there for a while from Abel Ferrar. All right, mm-hmm. this is the guy who did Bad Lieutenant mm-hmm. and uh, and a, a bunch of other things. One of them is called 444, The Last Day on Earth. And that's an interesting movie. It's about, like, the coming apocalypse and everything. It's uh, Willem Dafoe and uh, a, a woman. And, and they're basically, they're, they're spending the last night of existence together. The other one that's on there right now is a 1990 movie starring Christopher Walken called King of New York. Yep. Ooh. I had seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. I have, too. Long uh, time ago. And I remember liking it, mm-hmm. right? I went back and watched it again. This movie is fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is fucking awesome. First of all, let me tell you who's in it. This, it's not only Christopher Walken, Lawrence Fishburne, David Caruso, Victor Argo, Wesley Snipes, Steve Buscemi, uh, Buscemi, uh, John Turturro, Paul Calderon, Giancarlo Esposito, Jesus. Wow. Harold Perrineau from Lost is wow. like a bit part in this. Yeah. Everybody's in this fucking movie. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But it is so bonkers. It, I remembered it for whatever reason. As being a muted Christopher Walken performance, mm-hmm. as being kind of like just kind of business like and you know not not as eccentric, he's batshit insane in this movie. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning, the first scene that he actually has lines, it's the most unusual performance that you've ever seen. It's it's akin to Harvey Keitel and Bad Lieutenant. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's bonkers. It's out there, but this movie man. 
it has everything that you want. It's got like hard, gritty New York stuff. It's got, you know, mafia stuff. It's got criminal stuff. It's got drug stuff. It's got uh, it's it's a delight. Yeah. And all right. I, you should sign up for movie right now just to watch this movie. Even All if you right. can find it somewhere else. All I right. may have to cancel it and then start up a new membership so that I can watch <laughs> this again. Well, I mean, think um, about this. Like, okay, so let's let's pump the brakes for a second. People, our fans of this podcast, seem to like our recommendations. A mm-hmm. lot of the feedback I get personally on Twitter is, just watch this movie because CinemaSins gave such a, rec- a recommendation. And I loved it, right? So if you're the kind of person that likes our recommendations and likes taking a dive, here's a chance to do it for free. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to steer you wrong, man. For free. This is what, what movie is often offering CinemaSins fans uh, <clears throat> is a free month, yeah. which is up to 60 different films. Uh, and if you want to jump in there with Barrett and check this movie out, um, you can do it without spending a dime. So awesome. Yeah. Have you seen anything I, recently? Uh, I saw The Blue Room, uh, which is uh, directed by Matthew Amalric, who you have seen, but he's an actor who's been in like, I looked at him, he's got 110 credits. You have seen him before. If I showed you a picture of him, you'd say, oh, yeah, I've seen seen this dude. He's in Munich. Oh. He's in uh, Munich. <laughs> He's in uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, Diving Bell and the Butterfly, uh, Quantum of Solace. Oh, oh um, wow. He's in a lot of these things. Uh, uh, but he, he uh, directed and stars in this movie about uh having an affair with this woman at, uh, who uh, runs a pharmacy with her husband but we're 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 sort of slowly learning kind of a, like uh pretty little lies or whatever the hell was that called big little lies where's the fucking <laughs> it's big little lies it's big little pretty, lies pretty little liars it's, and big little lies there's so right? many of these it's just like you were never here and all that <laughs> yeah, shit yep um but uh but you the he's being interviewed by a detective at the very beginning of this and and he's just telling the story about how he was having an affair with this woman and you realize oh there might be some people who are dead in this story mm. we don't know who yet and about midway through, you find out who the principals of the uh, who are dead and everything. But did he do it? Is he behind it? What did, is maybe his lover behind it? Blah blah blah. All these different things. Um, movie's really good. Um, it's uh, it, it's 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 a different way to sort of tell these type of uh, murder mystery type of type of stories, and I really liked it. So, so it's not connected in any way to the green room. It is not connected in any way to the green room. <laughs> it's, it's funny because uh, movie actually has like black tide white sun the blue room <laughs> yeah 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 thing. i wonder yeah. if that's intentional i wonder if they're doing like color month yeah goya's exactly. ghost yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> all right i i wore something in goya the other day <laughs> it really brings out your eyes it does is it just me or are we extra funny today we're, we're pretty extra funny yeah exactly we there's there's a million amazing things in there check it out mubi.com slash cinemasins a full month free a telling you man you're gonna love it you're gonna find stuff that you really enjoy you're gonna find stuff that makes you think and then you're gonna find stuff that's batshit crazy like king of new york and you're gonna love it so uh yeah sign up and let us know when you sign up because we want to we want to hear from you yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely uh then we have mama the jessica chastain horror horror movie mama um this is uh objectively bad because we send this it's Andy Machete for uh, who did uh, it, and yeah. uh, it's Nicholas Coster Waldau. It's it's either Waldo or yeah, I think it's, it's Nikolai. 
Nikolai Nikolai Co- Nikolai yeah. Coster Waldo. I did phoneticize it when I when I wrote the script. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I it's uh it's one of those kids see a ghost, but nobody else can see the ghost. Right. Yeah, because they're feral. Movies. I remember this actually getting pretty good reviews. I was going to say, I feel like this had a following. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think it does. I think it does. I I did not like this at mm. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I remember when it came out. I heard I saw people on Facebook talking about it, and I was like, really? What did you guys see in this movie? I, I like I, Jessica Chastain, but oh, she is adorable, and she's all like butched up and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Uh, but yeah, the effects are terrible. The story is rote and stupid. Mm and there's a there's a twinsies thing happening yeah and it's just it's bullshit mm-hmm. bullshit mm-hmm. 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 uh then we have the man with one red shoe that's a tom hanks movie i've seen it yeah. a long time ago but i don't remember anything about it uh he's mistaken so hanks is like a like a concert violinist and he's mistaken for somebody that um like like a spy and uh it's a more high-minded comedy than you're used to because there's there's a lot of like espionage and 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 double crossing and stuff like that and he's the man who knew too little or whatever mm-hmm. you know he's the guy that that really doesn't know what's going on uh but he's uh yeah he's 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 in his 80s tom hanks bachelor party money pit type of hanks role i like that tom hanks i do too yeah, i like Dabney that coleman's in this i like that tom hanks a little a, no offense a little more than tom hanks of the last two or three years where he's like settling into these older tom hanks roles sully post yeah exactly Um, and actually he's great in sully yeah he's honestly the best thing about that movie but we all take fewer chances the older we get yep right and uh, i don't know i miss that bachelor party days when he was like truly wild and crazy well, yeah big where i guess where i got into tom hanks was splash and stuff yeah, yeah. like that he yeah. used, to, used to and then he had that transition with sleepless in seattle into philadelphia and all that where he became the serious actor mm-hmm. and uh and then like sort of I, I guess he just never felt like he could go back down to doing stuff like splash and big and all those um, the last comedy that he did I, I guess the terminal is kind of a comedy yeah and lady charlie Killers. wilson's war kind of yeah um but uh nothing like that nothing like a no. straight comedy that's like you know those type of things uh who's the, is it who's the girl in this is it seal ward carrie fisher, carrie fisher uh laurie singer um i think he ends up with carrie fisher oh, okay but but uh, laurie singer is also in there at the beginning hmm. jim belushi's in this mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's it's a charming one i watched this i used to watch this a lot uh i forget what it's rated but it was allowed in my house hmm. so uh yeah uh then we have minority report yeah this is fantastic spielberg yes i love it yes i love it yeah i love it yes i'm like i feel very unique i know you like this movie mm-hmm. And I think you like War of the Worlds. Maybe you don't. Um, I feel like this movie and War of the Worlds are that Spielberg, Tom Cruise. Like I feel like I love these more than most people do. I like War mm. of the Worlds during the invasion part, and then some of the get to my son in Boston part. But like, uh, none, but hardly anything. Like I don't like the Tim Robbins stuff, and I don't like uh, um. This, there's a lot there's to not like about War of the Worlds, but the invasion part is awesome. Hmm. Um, but I, anyway, Minority Report. <laughs> yeah. Minority Report. I mean, I see what you're, you're saying, especially with Tom Cruise and Spielberg. But I think they're obviously two very different movies. 
And I think Minor- Minority Report from top to bottom is just great. Mm-hmm. It's this got a is... great mystery, great concept, great acting, great action. It's well shot. Is it a Philip K. Dick story? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's part of the reason. He's mm-hmm. like his stories are almost always solid foundations <clears throat> in time, except for uh, uh, <laughs> iRobot. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, that wasn't him. That, that was, was Asimov. Asimov. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There you go. There's the problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I love Minority Report. It's got great sci-fi. It's got great gadgets. But even if you strip all of that away, uh, it's got a really solid mystery. Yes. Um, and the investigation that he has to go through to try and solve that mystery, I think, would work even in a non-futuristic sci-fi setting. Sure. Um, and then just solid performances. Colin Farrell kind of coming on the map, for at least for U.S. audiences. Max von Sydow. Yeah, Max, Max von Sydow. Yeah, the... Uh, the um this is one of those great moments where a, a writer has come up with an idea where it, you have this, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could uh, predict a crime before it happens and stop it before, you know, before it happens? Now, what would be the moral dilemmas that would arise from that? What would be a technical glitch that might happen yep. from all of that? Yep. And um, and in this case, they've set up a they've set up something that is completely morally wrong, despite the, the way that they're the good that they're doing, because mm-hmm. they're using three children who are stripped from their mom, who know how to who, who are apparently, you know, can tell the future and everything. So that's already already it's way out of bounds morally. Yeah. Then there's the whole getting somebody before they actually commit the crime we don't actually know if they would have committed the crime. I mm-hmm. think according to the movie, it, it sort of explains like you wouldn't know for a fact that they would. It just tells you that they are there's a future broiling yeah. where they are or whatever. So so, you know, there's no there's they are living in a world with no murder and, and stuff like that. And that sounds great. But they're also going way across the line as far as your human rights are concerned and is it just apply to murder or is it, it do they the precogs can predict all crime right because it's the department of pre-crime right? yeah pre-crime but, but i think it's mostly murder mostly murders i think they even there's even a line of dialogue in there about murder being such a violent beyond other crimes that it's easily more easily sensed by the precogs or right, something i right. think there's even something in there that explains why it's only murder that they because yeah there's never like we got a blue ball for bank robbery yeah every single time it's murder blue ball couple of blue balls for yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> i was just trying Two to well, on red color <laughs> and there is there there are other crimes being committed in the movie like uh like uh, uh peter stormare has that uh, sort of that drug operation and that identity changing operation yeah, yeah. and everything so they, there are there are a lot of things that are going on still but yeah it's mostly just i think it's mostly murder and exactly what jeremy was saying that uh it's easier to to predict uh it's it's a it's a rare instance i feel like of where a writer has come up with a system and then within that system has has figured out uh problems with that system and then found ways that somebody could manipulate it and everything and it turns into one of the better mysteries that you'll ever you'll ever read yeah yeah. or watch uh in this case but um uh love minority report so yeah i love this action scene where he gets built into the inside of a lexus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. he ends up coming out the assembly line and just driving away and waving at him yeah it's fucking awesome uh then there's another tom cruise mission impossible the first one uh for sure um i just watched that scene 
two days ago. Ooh. And it is just as tense. It's so great. As it was the first time. It came on IFC, and I caught it right when they enter uh, the headquarters. Mm-hmm. And, like, all the shit. The only thing that, that bothers me about that is the fucking rat. But yeah. still, everything else about that is so perfect. Oh, my God. I could watch that thing over and over and over again. We talked about this before, right? The the There's somebody started a Kickstarter to remove the rat from the departed. We didn't talk <laughs> about this, but I saw that. And the studios shut it down. But how how... Look at the hubris on these people. <laughs> like, I don't like this heavy-handed rat at the end of your thing, so I'm going to set up a petition to have it removed. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. Such a, such a shitty thing to do. <laughs> I don't like that rat any yeah. more than you do, but that rat is part of the film. Yeah. Fuck off. Right. Jesus Christ. And, uh, well, the same can be said for the Mission Impossible rat. <laughs> yeah, pristine, I mean, exactly. This pristine CIA building with nothing going on, and it's yeah. like, got a rat running around the air conditioning <laughs> the other thing is uh it, who is the girl in that rebecca it's uh no it's uh emmanuel bayar oh yes. wow yeah the gosh. t is not pronounced she's otherworldly it beautiful. could be pronounced i can't remember my french sometimes it could be pronounced. well back when the movie came out i just read her name as emmanuel burt <laughs> <laughs> she might as well be burt <laughs> well i mean it's it's weird in that scene that like she doesn't have a mask on or anything like that she's just you know, deal, going about her business. Mm-hmm. This otherworldly, beautiful, beautiful woman yep. walking around and nobody notices. No, she said, We've got a new employee. She sits right next to dude and like poisons yeah. his shit. And dude's just reading the newspaper, not even looking over. Like he looks over and he smiles and goes back to the fucking newspaper yeah. instead of talking to this woman that's right there. She yeah. literally poisons his shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, there's lots of things about this movie. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, could technically compete for my favorite mission impossible movie it would lose but it would compete but there's plenty i don't like like the rat i don't like emilio estevez and the <laughs> hasta la lasagna yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not a huge fan of the cg and the tunnel helicopter shit at yeah. the end uh but th- this movie so much is working and it's, it's mostly De palma because mm-hmm. then you see in the next movie uh, it's all style. Yep. And the substance is kind of out the window. The tension's gone. It's just slow motion sand. Well, yeah. and I, I love you, John Woo, but you know, you're not De Palma. The, th- the thing is, is that De Palma is infusing that first movie with a lot of style that you don't ever see in action movies, especially in the mid nineties. Um, but makes it so that it's not, uh the only thing or or the or or it puts it above the 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 substance of of everything uh just a great use of widescreen uh people who are on the very far edge of a screen and just the way it's told is is great um it's got the perfect amount of spy shit in there mm-hmm. and, and double crosses and espionage and things like that like you know, as much as we love the the latter Mission Impossible movies, it's all about getting from one action scene to the next, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's maybe one or two too many what double we've crosses. Lost you know? in, and I know I think the last three films have been spectacular action, sure, like amazing. But we've lost some of that. There's something in this first Impossible movie that the darkness maybe that goes away. Even the third movie tries to get dark with Philip Seymour Hoffman and he threw me out of a plane and I'm gonna kill your wife and all that yeah. stuff. It doesn't feel dark. It still feels like an alias episode. This first movie, feel, it's like palpable mystery in the air. Mm-hmm. 
And that's not in any of the rest of the Mission Impossible. That's almost now De Palma's movies always have kind of that vibe. Yeah. Um, and it's missing. Yeah, and that's I, I never really watched the original show, but I I think it it was more about like the spy shit mm-hmm. than it was about the action shit. Oh, definitely. And so I think he struck this perfect balance because you do have those tense action scenes like the breaking in to get the knock list, but you also have this this wonderful thriller and 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 figuring out who the actual culprit is. Well, and I remember too, this was maybe not the first time this had ever been done or anything, but it, a lot of people left this movie confused because of the way Cruz figures stuff out while he's talking to John Voight. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to him and uh and he's like uh Voight is telling him that Kittredge is the mole and like he's sitting there going, okay, so how did Kittredge do all this? And then he's imagining things with the other parts of the team. Yeah, yeah. And and you're like, whoa, what, wait a minute, what what's going on here? And so a lot of people just sort of they got so confused at that spot that they wrote that movie off. And if you if you realize that one guy's lying and the other guy's putting it together instead of just don't even really listen to what Voight says. Right yeah, now. it's brilliant. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, I understand why people would be confused, but it's fucking brilliant. But I just remember that being a big, big part of why people didn't give that movie uh, what it, the the sort of praise it should have gotten mm. because uh, because of that one scene. Because people were like, "What? Wait a minute! What? He's talking about Kittredge, and then he's showing you know uh, you know showing John Voight doing all this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like it doesn't make any sense." But uh, yeah, I love Mission Impossible a lot too, and I would put it out there as well. It would it would. It would hurt me to make this the fourth best Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, uh, I, I'd just like to like put it so like I'd like to be able to shuffle them around. Yeah, and, yeah, me you too. Know? And that, that my ranking is changes day by day. <laughs> by the way, Chris's Chris's miming of shuffling them around looks a lot like tickling the balls. Yeah, yeah. cradling a bunch, cradling the balls. Right. Well, I do a lot of that too in my spare time. <laughs> uh, then we have another Doug Lyman movie, Mister and Mrs. Smith. You know, you guys hate this movie, don't you? I was just about to say this movie gets a bad rap, and I think it's kind of fun. I like this movie. Yeah, I mm. unapologetically, I like, I like how it's shot. I like the performances. I like the storyline. I haven't seen it uh, since it came out. Uh, I I hated it. So did I you don't, really? Yeah, I don't know if uh, if I watch it again. I'll... Now I don't like Vince Vaughn. Really. Not in general, in this movie. Uh, he's, he feels completely out of place to me. Eh. <laughs> you gotta have, like, a buddy, like, arms dealer dude. I guess that, I just a little feel bit of like comic relief. The, 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 the man and woman who are both assassins or spies and an adversarial but married or together, I feel like this is a variation on a theme I've seen a half a dozen times. And I almost want to see it taken somewhere I haven't, like, like, just go full David Fincher serious action drama with this kind of thing and hmm. show me show me a Christopher Nolan version of this movie instead of the campy, fun, playful. I feel like I've seen that a bunch of times. I haven't. Well, okay, I can't say that. I haven't seen it done this way, like, as a straight up action movie. And I appreciate the comic elements. I think if they weren't there, I wouldn't like this movie. But like Brad Pitt is is Brad Pittiest and Angelina, everybody's like smoldering sexy in this. And when they first find out the the secrets, their their respective secrets, it's a it's a delightful scene. Um, and then they end up fucking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just right. That's right. 
<laughs> Moving on then. Yeah. <laughs> um, Navy SEALs, Ooh. which may be best known now as a punchline in a Clerks movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, Navy SEALs. Because <laughs> uh, uh, they're talking about uh, Randall's talking about how the uh, people always find the the most. Uh, I guess the mind-numbingly derivative movies that they can come up with. Ooh, Navy SEALs. I don't, I don't, I've never seen Navy SEALs. I remember this being a big deal when I was a kid too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all right. It's, uh, it's funny because I think this was 1990. Mm -hmm. So this was right around when Hot Shots came out. Yeah. So, Hot Shots came out the next year. I think. The next year. Wow. I got these movies confused a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, because Charlie Sheen and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Bean is in this. Bill Paxton, Dennis Haysbert. Um, Joanne Watley, or Wally uh, Kilmer. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's fine. It's, it's, it is very, very derivative, I think. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really stand out with anything. Um, Did you ever see it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw it sometime after we started doing Cinema Sins, but I've already forgotten it. <laughs> it's about right. Yeah, is it Lewis Teague directed this? Yeah. He did Cujo, The Jewel of the Nile, Ooh. Cat's Eye. Oh. Yeah. Um, then we have The New World, Terrence Malick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you were talking about this one earlier, how this is like a movie of two halves. It basically. really is. That first half is a nice warm bath of awesome. Even if you can get past the historically accurate... But, skeezy, but, but skeezy yeah. age difference <laughs> um then uh it's gorgeous it's lyrical uh it sucks you in and then christian bale shows up and she gets with him and gets all colonial dress wearing and i start snoring mm. just don't give a shit it's just boring it's, it's probably very true to her real life mm -hmm. um but it's frustrating that the movie chose to i don't think the movie should have told me her story as much as it should have told me their story if you right. just give me two hours of smith and pocahontas and i think it works um anyway yeah but this, <laughs> you get 150 minutes yeah this is a <laughs> this is a movie that got a, a big huge following after it came out mm -hmm. too because it didn't do any i don't think it did anything really i don't think terrence malick movies generally do anything mm. um but uh, it was it was written off and it might have been written off mainly because of the things that you're talking about there like it wasn't it, you know this stuff wasn't it's not good at the, the second half or whatever but um I remember when I was in New York, there was like the Brooklyn Arts and Music uh, Theater. Mm -hmm. They started having special showings of that movie. Wow. Because it had such a, uh, you know, following with the people who came out to that theater regularly. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I've I've only seen it the one time. I, I, and, I, and I remember it being awesome for a while. And I do remember kind of fading towards the end. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. This is weird. So uh, I'm going to butcher it, but. Korianka Korianka Kilcher mm -hmm. played Pocahontas. Yeah, and I was about to say that she hasn't been anything else, but she's she's got a decent amount of uh, yeah. She's stuff. I'm kind of trying to remember what I've seen her in other than that. Because the Killing Longmire. It's a lot of TV stuff. Um, the Alienist that was on just recently. Oh, uh, with the uh, the Fanning. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So she's uh, she's had a decent career so far. Yeah. But uh, she is gorgeous. Oh yeah, she's unbelievable. Are the Fannings like the Culkins? Are there like three more coming up? Or are we done with Dakota and L? I think uh, that, that's it. Yeah. There's no others. You gotta appreciate these Fannings. I feel like any day it's gonna be like starring Amber Fanning. <laughs> what, uh, what's dakota been up to recently she did the alienist yeah. <laughs> i thought it was l that was in the well, she's gonna be in um she's gonna be in once upon a time in hollywood but like everybody oh, yeah, else yeah, yeah. Um, i actually do think it's dakota that did the alienist oh i'm sure it is no she that's that is her uh she was <laughs> she was briefly in oceans eight um oh yeah but uh yeah she's she's been kind of like uh there's there's not been very many like big big movies american pastoral was one but uh <laughs> like l fanning's been the one that's been doing all the no shit this i don't know dakota fanning's probably like been just you know maybe just i don't know having fun or kicking shit. it into heating yeah, yeah yeah who knows uh, then we have Patch Adams. Yeah, oh. baby. Hey, Greg Sestero's in That's this. right. <laughs> <laughs> and Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is Seymour. not an extra. And nobody else that we can think of. <laughs> nope, that's it. Um, I remember enjoying Patch Adams. Yes. I'd also, it's one of those movies that I feel like is a bad thing to admit that you would like Patch Adams. Because people hated this movie. And I think it's mainly because... Oh really? You're going to you're going to save people through humor, huh? You're not going to really do anything. The movie does point out that he knows his medical shit pretty oh, yeah. pretty well. Oh yeah, like Philip Seymour Hoffman is the one who's always like, "Uh, you're just dressing up as a clown the whole time," and blah blah blah. And Williams is like, "I can tell you all the different like, uh, you know, bullshit that you have to learn in medical school right now if you want me to." Yep. Uh, I don't think, does the movie say that it's just the humor or does it, does it put his other knowledge to the side and say like, cause he obviously has to know that other stuff too. He does. And so, so yeah, I, I met the actual patch Adams. He did rounds at uh, Vanderbilt when I was there. It was life changing, mm -hmm. life changing uh, thing because I don't know, uh, if, if the movie only presents it as humor, he's a weird cat because he does believe that there are alternative ways to to treat a patient. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's with medication. Sometimes even with psychotic people. Sometimes it's with medication. Sometimes it's with sex. compassion. Sometimes it's with with um, not sex, community <laughs> stuff like that. And no, no sex. <laughs> Maybe actually, uh, but yeah, no. He's he's like the most compassionate person that you would ever meet. Um, he's committed to treating his patience so much that he's going to go around or beyond or beside the traditional role of medicine. Mm -hmm. And that's what fucks with people. This was a, a crowd full of like med students and residents and, you know, attendings and stuff like that. And they couldn't wrap their head around it. A, how he's treated every one of his patients without charging them. Uh, he's never filled out an insurance form. Uh, the, his views on humanity and, uh, and, and, and how medicine can fit into that it, it challenges the role of modern medicine it's so much like, so it's almost i'm sorry that's no, right it's almost like the movie didn't do justice like it's almost like he was a better person than the movie even made him out to be pretty much now since the since the movie now the movie came out in 96 ish 98 98 and i saw him in 2000 uh, 2010 maybe 
<laughs> so he had grown a lot. He had actually opened up a, a commune and stuff like that uh, to where he would invite anybody in, anybody that needed medical care or non-traditional medical care, he would treat. Uh, he trained other doctors to do this this stuff, too. So I think by the time I met him, he had lived another life, basically, okay. since then. Okay. Because I think Patch Adams, the movie, is a little bit after he gets out of re- uh, 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 residency or medical school or something mm-hmm. like that, right at the beginning of his okay. career. Uh, but yeah, he's a, an absolutely fascinating dude. And the movie, I think, does, does a, a pretty good job of capturing his essence. Matter of fact, he's hearing him talk. He's very much like you would expect Robin Williams to be mm-hmm. like very just kind of like, uh, how do I describe it? Like just off the cuff and very like rapid fire and very like uh, very funny, but very compassionate. So I think I think he's the perfect person to to play that. Anyway, so what do you think about the movie then? I mean, could you could can you separate yourself from your experience with the actual Patch Adams and then and watching the movie? What what do you think of the movie? Yeah. So I watched it before I, you know, obviously before I met this guy and then I watched it afterwards Mm -hmm. and I liked it beforehand. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I I really liked it uh, just because I had that context. So, yeah, I think it's a, an objectively good movie. Hmm. And I think, you know, it's just, it's a cool performance. It's a cool idea. Um, I don't know why I got, uh, you know, there were, negative I mean, reception. I, if you bring, Patch Adams is, is basically a punchline at this point. Like, yep. you can't bring that up without people going, oh, that piece of shit or whatever. But um, I remember watching it and enjoying it back yep. in 1998. And then afterwards, I just heard so many people like shitting on it. So I was like, okay, I guess it's one of those <laughs> movies. Uh, Tom Shadiak, by the way, directed this and he did Ace Ventura, The Nutty Professor, Liar Liar, Bruce Almighty. Wow. And there was a point there that it just seemed like that guy was always just, he's going to be with us always. But after he did Bruce Almighty, he did Elvin Almighty. And he did a movie called I Am, and like he's just kind of uh, faded a little bit, and uh, kind of strange that somebody who's done those kind of cultural cornerstone type of comedies, we don't see much from him anymore. Mm-hmm. And it could be he's he got tired of the business, he could have personal reasons for whatever. But yeah, I mean, he, we haven't seen him in a long time. Mm-hmm. When he when Greg Sestero brought up Tom Shadyac, I was like, oh yeah, I remember seeing that <laughs> name all the time. Yep, and uh, and I don't. No. Maybe he and Jim Carrey had a falling out or something. Yeah, who knows? It could be. I don't know. Boy, Evan Almighty is a piece of shit, though. It's <laughs> such a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yes, it <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, then we have Disney's Pocahontas. Very <laughs> different than The New World by Terrence Malick. Yeah. Who Just- was John Smith in this? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> a perfect choice. <laughs> perfect. Uh, I, we recently watched this. We did the Sins video for this, and I, man, I did not like this movie at all. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Nope. This good. was their follow up to Lion King, and and like, you know, I I you know, it's it's hard to replicate the success of a Lion King. It's doubly so hard to find, to get to replicate the success of a Lion King when you come out with Pocahontas <laughs> as your next movie. Maybe and it was intentional. Maybe it was like, all right, guys, we got to set the bar low again so we can slowly <laughs> start <laughs> out, outdoing yeah. ourselves. Well, this was sort of the beginning of the end. This very year was the beginning of the end of Disney's traditional animation for for a while. I, mean, I know that Hunchback of Notre Dame's got its. its uh, you guys like that, right? Oh yeah. And uh, and then and, but then it's like Tarzan. And uh, like a lot of these uh, these uh, early Audi movies that came out that were that are kind of lost in the shuffle, 
But um, but yeah, they didn't really ever regain that magic because they remember Lion King was sort of the crescendo of like a big comeback. Little Mermaid, Aladdin, um, Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast, <clears throat> and then Lion King sort of brought them back into the fold. And then Pocahontas. Huh? Yeah, it it made a decent amount of money. Yeah, I guess. But like, it's just in in it for that reason, and because it came on the heels of the Lion King, I think it's still like overrated by mm. people they mm. think they think oh no that's still within that run that's probably a good movie i actually kind of thought that until we send it I yeah. was like, what the hell man yeah pocahontas is, yeah. is not yeah. a good movie at can all. you paint with all the colors of the wind that uh that scene in uh wreck it ralph uh two or ralph breaks the internet with all the disney princesses and all that stuff it's very very good it's mm. very funny mm-hmm. but mm. i had seen almost the entirety of that scene before in the trailer mm. yeah you know the, the best part of the trailer like you know six months prior basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they really they they did everything wrong in, in that that fucking sequel yeah and we it, might even do an everything say, wrong with maybe somebody should make a video under that that title yes, probably yeah. so uh then we have remember the titans i do ah 2000 oh. movie came out in 2000 uh i've only seen it the one time oh my god i fucking love this movie it's great yeah. and everyone is in this yeah movie. there's a ton of people everyone uh the guy we love oh fuck my brain <laughs> <laughs> the guy we love who does the awesome speech in the rules of attraction oh uh kip oh, Perdue. Yeah, kip Perdue Perdue. is yeah, in yeah. this ryan gosling is in this uh, avon barksdale from the wire is in yeah. this yeah Wood denzel Harris. well hayden penetier is in this will Patton is in this uh and it's it's great oh uh uh surfer k bosworth k bosworth everybody's in this movie it's great it 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 has all the sports movie feel good stuff that you come to expect but it also has this layer of like racial yep harmony that doesn't go the volcano our faces all look the same like cheesy route of like they show how difficult it would be to be the first basically the first you know non-segregated desegregated football team in whatever i guess it's virginia um and denzel's like this black coach they brought in to fail so they can fire him and replace him with will Patton. uh and it just you know uh, there's a lot of good sports movies out there there's certainly no reason to go out of your way to see it but it's fantastic he has to be unimpeachable in this movie he has to and i think it's based on a true story they literally tell him if he loses a game yeah they're gonna fire him like and, before they've played even two games and it's not like the the players fall into line immediately or anything like that. right he's got to work to even get his locker room together they finally do over like bonding over some music and dancing and shit like that and uh the dozens they do uh your mama jokes oh yeah that's right yeah 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 it's the captains that get together. Uh, is it Kip Pardue? Kip Pardue plays the hippie quarterback. He's the guy. quarterback. I don't know the name of the actor who plays the captain. I've seen him in plenty of stuff. He's yeah, Kate yeah, Bosworth's yeah. boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he gets that together, and then he's got to be completely solid. Like, if he cheats on his wife, or if he, like, you know, stiffs a waiter with a tip in the, yep. the town or something like that, yep. the whole thing's going to come crashing down. Yep. And so he has all of this stress, and it's because it's Denzel, he carries it with such a 
magnetic weight mm-hmm. that it's just oh man this that's a movie, good movie played so hard here because we had just recently gotten an nfl team called the titans <laughs> yeah no, no kidding <laughs> this movie played probably harder here in nashville than any other city mm-hmm. per capita because of that subliminal connection but they, i loved it i thought it was great they still use that clip uh, will Patton clip uh, to get the the crowd hyped up oh do yeah. they? because today we will remember the titans or whatever do they ever come out do the real titan players ever come out and and do warm-ups do we are the titans mighty mighty <laughs> <laughs> everywhere we go because that's I, how they do them i think it's just because nashville likes will Patton because they use his thing in the postman as the predator thing do. sometimes oh they my do. god you want a war <laughs> i'll give you a war <laughs> just throw noise at you and put a little meter up there that you know is going to go uh, all the way yeah. to full no matter like if nobody was making a peep that yep. digital meter is still going to go to 10 that is uh that is an aspect of those movies that though the whole uh the you know they bring in someone black and they have to be perfect Mm -hmm. uh that is an aspect that we're we've seen a ton and we still see that sort of double standard in just real life too um when people are saying well women can't be funny or you know (laughs) you know just bullshit like that look at that gal in new york alexandria ocasio cortez who got elected to the house of representatives she was a former bartender and ever since she's taken office it's been even her own party i'm not calling out republicans or democrats everyone has just been undercutting her calling her everything from adorable to inexperienced Mm -hmm. to young and i think and she's you know She's not white. Uh, I think there's a little bit of that. You have to do better than the standard. And she calls him out for she it, does, too. She's, Brilliantly. She's, yes. She's uh, surprised and shocked at both her poise and her knowledge. And she's she's not scared to do anything. Like She'll, she'll scrap with anybody, and she'll do it in a way that's fact-based. I mean, you know, we're we're going off on a tangent here, but I think that's, that's totally correct. Like, yes. And she's almost subverting that a little bit because... She'll admit when she's not perfect or like, you know, yeah, I had to bartend to, to make money and yeah, and to debt like millions of Americans are doing. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, I like her. Yeah. yeah. There's a, uh, you know, you see that in uh, obviously you see that in 42 and you see the the Jackie Robinson comparisons yeah. there. Yeah. The, just the idea of someone just being a complete robot in, in you know, in, in front of people so that they don't, you know, have any, any like things that they can attack and and you know is uh it's it's sickening but it also just goes to show what a special person these people yeah. are mm-hmm. to come in and be the ones on the front lines yeah uh it's kind of ridiculous um then we have secretariat oh boy <laughs> oh boy now of course i'm gonna for, I, i'm always going to confuse any horse movie with sea biscuit i was gonna say i liked the first time i saw it when it was called sea biscuit. yeah i didn't see the secretariat movie <laughs> it's that the one with <laughs> which one has uh jeff daniels in it uh not this one so this one's got Seabiscuit. malkovich and diane lane is the i've main. seen it it's okay yeah, I mean it's it's about uh you know the the most famous horse of all time basically um you know who won the triple crown and won every race I believe that that he wrote he raced in and it's a forgettable horse movie yeah mm. even with all that mm. uh, then we have the Silence of the Lambs mm. Silence I feel like I've heard of lambs. I feel like I've heard of that movie before yeah this is a this is a great movie Jonathan Demme directed this based on the thomas harris novel we've talked about silence of the lambs a bunch and it's uh it's fantastic 
I want to go back and watch this movie like clean. I just want to like forget everything about it and then watch it again. I know. Because it's so good. I know. You know, there's a discussion to be had there. We would be far from the first to have it, but we could probably fill a whole podcast with, you know, if you could wipe your brain of one movie, only one. And experience it again oh, the man. first time, not knowing what's coming. What would you choose? This would be up there for me. Because, I mean, imagine... It's it's interesting because I had already seen the Hannibal Lecter scenes off and on before I saw the movie. And so you're almost like, like primed for it, right? Mm-hmm. If I could go in clean and witness that performance with no warning, mm-hmm. it would probably terrify the shit yeah. out of me. I could see that. But think, I was I was couched when I saw it, you know? Think about what you're saying, too, when you're saying wipe your memory of this movie. You're also wiping your memory of all references to this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how, that's how deeply ingrained Silence of the Lambs is. It's every We just did a cable guy thing. We'd <laughs> yep. have to rem- we'd have to forget about that. <laughs> Don't too. take my cable guy. <laughs> so uh but uh yeah, Silence of the Lambs is is great. It's terrifying. It's a great mystery. It's uh, great performances. Uh it that scene where he's in Memphis in the cage and all that, all that that build up to that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um can't recommend Silence of the Lambs enough. If you're one of the few people out there who haven't seen Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> you should watch. You should this watch movie. this movie. You know what's funny is we did a, a few good men. I'll just tease a little bit. Uh, a few good men for the the patrons, mm-hmm. and I made a joke in there about Demi Moore's performance because I was like, imagine if you had like Meryl Streep in this role or Jodie Foster mm-hmm. or something like that. And imagine like how much better this movie, an already great movie, would be. And I looked it up. Jodie Foster was actually considered for the Demi Moore oh, role. Wow. <laughs> so it could have happened. Yeah, and see, she's not so she's not bad in that role. I no, mean, no, she's not bad. But she's the weakest link in that movie. I think so. It, it's her. It's between her and Aunt Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> and Harold, actually, you know, Harold was Rob Reiner's like assistant. Oh, really? That's how he got hired. He was. Because uh, Reiner had, like, a look that he wanted. He wanted, like, you know, a guy that's ramrod straight and that has, like, a certain demeanor. Mm-hmm. And so he went through all these people, uh, these actors, and then he realized, he looked at him and he was like, why don't you try out for this? And he was apparently perfect. Huh. That's awesome. Uh, then we have Spy. That was the Melissa McCarthy, Jason Statham, Rose Byrne. I think uh, it's a funny movie. Yeah, this is funny. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And And, and Melissa McCarthy in this is... She, the way they advertised it it seemed like she would just be a bumbling like yeah. whatever and she's not bumbling that's that's one of the things that i really liked about spy mm-hmm. is that it's not that she's just kind of inspector gadgeting her way through the whole thing she has actual real awesome knowledge yeah. and stuff like that she's just never been looked upon as somebody who would be a field agent before yeah i think jason statham should be only in r-rated movies mm-hmm <laughs> So he can he, he can creative use fuck yeah because it's it's glorious because <laughs> yeah. he because uh, I think I've said this before but there's a scene where Melissa McCarthy's walking walking with him she's like this is, that's a nice suit where'd you get it and he was like I fucking made it didn't I <laughs> <laughs> he's great in this yeah, he's he funny is. as Jason shit in Statham this. is awesome he pretty much steals the movie he does too. he does yeah um, but yeah spy's good uh transformers revenge of the fallen (laughs) (laughs) 
No. We're not uh, going to talk about Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. No. The movie's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vice. We've just recently talked a lot about Vice. Uh, two people in this room hate it. I like it. I will tell you. I saw a headline today. did not follow through, but they have released a deleted scene that is a huge musical number hmm. that they cut from Vice. I have not watched it yet. Oh, it's available on YouTube? Um, I, I'm guessing. I saw it on, on Twitter. Um, somebody that's, I follow on Twitter was talking about it. Oh, hmm. that's that's interesting. I'm, so, I'm interested hmm. in that. I don't I'll know if it, it. Would, if it would detract or add to the movie, but um, I had this feeling that it probably would add to it. Might. I'll, yeah. I'll have to check it out. Uh, the X-Files, I want to believe. What is it about sequels to movies? And actually, the first one's not good either, but mm-hmm. the sequel is horrible. I kind of like that it, first one. Ugh. Is this the sequel's about bees, right? <laughs> no, there's bees in the first one. I, I was going to say bees are everywhere. Is it in the, oh, it's in the first one. So what's the second one about? God, you know what? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Um, I watched it and it immediately left my brain. Now this is like this came out um fairly recently, like way yeah, to 2008, 2000. Oh wow, is that far back? Um, but it came. When was the the uh, the first movie was first one was ninety eight yeah yeah so it's ten years too late everybody's sick of the X Files because they ran it into the ground and yeah I, people as much as I loved the X Files I was not interested in this movie it's about a priest a former priest claiming to be receiving psychic visions pertaining to a kidnapped agent yeah uh, billy Connolly, amanda pete exhibit is in this <laughs> exhibit next to the z exhibit i just remember <laughs> i just i just remember watching it and just being extremely bored yes. and why did they make this? Mm-hmm. speaking of speaking of dresses how about pull the fruitcake <laughs> <laughs> okay folks enough with the gay jokes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then we have X-Men First Class. This is the last X-Men movie I really got into. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I know that some people have Days of Future Past in a, in a, in up there, but I like First Class way better. Oh, if there's, I mean, there's no comparison. This has got like a perfect villain. Yep. It's got a great use of every individual, uh, kid and character in mm-hmm. this. It's got they perfectly cast uh, McAvoy. Man, as, it's as the only whatever. movie for me where Charles versus Eric is worth watching. Yes, mm-hmm. because it's the only movie where Eric hasn't made his choice fully. Yeah, and once he makes his choice fully, I don't understand any of their goddamn banter in the rest of those movies because one of you is evil. Yeah. Stop talking like your old friends. One of you is evil. <laughs> oh. In this movie, he hasn't made his choice for evil yet <laughs> until st- the very end. And stop calling each other old friend. Yeah, yeah old yeah. friend. <laughs> you obviously haven't been friends since the 60s. Jesus. I typically don't like origin stories and stuff like this or prequels or mm. anything like that. But this one does it really well. Really, really enjoyed X-Men First Class. Yeah, mm-hmm. it gives it that James Bondy kind of spy 60s vibe. Yeah. If I had to watch, I, I think X2 is probably overall the best X-Men movie, but if I had to choose one to watch right now, it'd be first class. I would too. Easy. Mm-hmm. I would too. In a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how little I like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I love that man. Uh, it's a very groovy mutation, darling. Yes. <laughs> I love that shit where he's like, he's drinking at the bar and he's like, ah, it's a, this is a, your eyes, very groovy. 
can, can can we please just say that we would fuck a blue chick <laughs> yeah seriously can we can we i never understood uh her whole thing about like you know wanting to hide all of that and everything i i understand some people are gonna find you creature other people are gonna find you very sexy does yeah. she have her vagina out all the time probably like right uh, she doesn't wear clothes as as mystique right but I mean, She's given the nature of her power, she, could she close? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Some days we do a podcast and I drive home going, I said some inappropriate <laughs> shit he's going to have to cut. And today's not one of those days because I'm not the one saying it. Well, you suggested it. <laughs> I know. I was, I was actually going to say... Why does she have any shame about her true form anyway? Yeah. Why didn't she just ages ago pick a different true form? She can control whatever the fuck she looks like. Yeah. Why does she ever go into blue form anyway? Maybe it like takes some effort to maintain. Well, the, that not that the whole the thing that they're talking about the whole time is like, why should I ever have to hide and yeah. all that? Yeah. And, but- and, and the reason why that she shows up as either Rebecca Romaine or, or Jennifer Lawrence, you know, is because of the acceptance factor but i just i never maybe maybe everybody in the world would be like crazy like you know i don't know maybe they would be freaked out by a blue mm. chick walking around i don't know to me I it seems know. awesome i mean i mean there's somebody out there that'll fuck anyone right like and it's not and it's not necessarily about just fucking it's just you know in general i think the acceptance factor is pretty high yeah for just you know if you're a blue chick walking around people are like oh that's i mean they would it, it, even if they think it's a costume right. they would think that's awesome right they would yeah 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 i guarantee you somebody i probably shouldn't say this i guarantee you somebody went to a comic-con in the last year with you know cosplaying as that character and then went and had sex after without taking up all the makeoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. it definitely happened. That's yeah, happened yeah. many times. Yeah. Millions of times, I bet. It's yeah. Happened. I don't know. I just think, yeah, the, the X-Men series as, as a whole have mm-hmm. always gone way too hard with that. She's so hideous. Oh, God. <laughs> She's hideous. We do want to remind everybody that cosplay is not consent. Though. That's correct. Yes, we do. Yes, uh, then we have Triple X State of the Union. We briefly talked about this when we were talking about Lee Tamahori <laughs> in the last episode. This movie's a piece of shit. Is they, this the Ice Cube one? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, the Ice Cube one, and uh, yeah, they're saying they're telling us that Vin Diesel's character's dead, and they have to get some other dude to be the Triple X guy, and they get Ice Cube to do it. <laughs> and then later, oh. years later, it'll be Triple X back in the saddle or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. And they did comes. come out with that other Triple X a couple of years ago with Vin Diesel because they were assuming with the Fast and the Furious movies back to being popular that they could make triple x popular again sorry yeah. nope <laughs> never got there with riddick either I nope i didn't like the first one of these i think it was yeah, just over the top and terrible stupid. too triple the first triple x is uh is like i remember that the first time i watched it was only for the sins video oh really oh yeah wow. and it's uh god that's a piece of shit i went I to see it movie. yeah i went to see it opening day i was psyched for it and it's just it's i want all of that in here <laughs> uh then zero dark 30 yeah great movie yeah. Catherine bigelow directed jessica chastain is amazing there's a million people in this osama osama <laughs> surprisingly rewatchable yeah like, oh, you would yeah the, uh, this isn't like content that you'd feel like you could go back to over and over again but yeah i can pick up this movie well, at she point. drops out the score for I think almost the last 25 minutes mm-hmm. yeah. and you feel like you're 
observing an actual fucking SEAL Team 6 raid. Yeah. Uh, it's her direction that I think sells the tension that makes it rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, she's a she's an amalgamation of a couple different people. Jessica Chastain is. Um, but just seeing her frustration being for so long the only one that seems to want to push this issue and then to have it pay off. I love that moment at the airstrip at night after she gets the yeah. word that, yeah. that it's been done where she kind of can let it out and <laughs> I love this movie. Yeah, I oh, the Zero Dark Thirty is fucking phenomenal and I think we've talked about it before but again another movie you gotta see. This is mm-hmm. good stuff and it uh, yeah I think it should have won Best Picture over Argo. Yep. Isn't Chris Pratt in this? Chris like Pratt is in role? this and uh, Joel Edgerton's Joel in Edgerton this. and uh, Jason Kyle, Clark. Kyle Chandler. Uh, Ron Livingston. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a movie with both of them in it? Who, Kyle Chandler and Ron Livingston? Yeah. Probably. I got it. Almost I, guaranteed. I mean, yeah, you can go to the uh, collaborations and look that up. Oh, it, they're the same person. Yeah. I like them both, though. Running down the rest of the list here. Abduction. Taylor Lautner thriller. Did not see this. No, nope, me neither. Taylor Lautner? It's about yeah. abduction, huh? It's wild. There's actually a, a, a decent cast to this. It's Taylor Lautner, Lily Collins, Alfred Molina, Jason Isaacs, Sigourney Weaver, Ni- Michael Nyquist, Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> like, there's a <laughs> lot of people in this. It's weird that of the three leads in twilight that they still get like because robert pattinson always had a little bit of talent i thought kristen stewart definitely had talent mm-hmm. but this guy like more, you know, more power to you but you're, you're a terrible actor mm-hmm. like, he was vacuous why, why did anyone give him an action like lead role he's hot man but still this was well, 2011 too so this was you know in his prime still in the twilight that's right. Still Twilight being played at this Ooh, point. Jesus. Uh, American Ultra. Never saw this. I know Max Landis wrote it. Speaking mm-hmm. of Kristen Stewart, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, really? Surprisingly, I should because it sounds right up my alley. Like I know, a, but it got it got bad reviews. It didn't did. It? it got terrible reviews. The trailer was great. Like, yeah. St- Stoner Jason Bourne, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, apparently, it, it doesn't live up to it. I, I have yet to get there. I'll probably like it when I see it because it's gotten such negative press. Yeah. <laughs> uh the beguiled which uh, jeremy talked about a yep. couple of weeks ago he's seen both beguiled this is the uh the the latest one that came out i guess the other virginia. one's set in a different southern state i guess so this is the only one i saw in uh, virginia was virginia a southern state mm-hmm. okay but that was like was the, the northern capital of the of the confederacy was but it? the north it's the northernmost southern state probably geographically yeah okay um yeah i actually have seen the colin farrell one since i talked about the clint eastwood one just because now you're you're drawn to this i am movie. sort of obsessed with how they made it the first time and then how she came around 30 years later and said that must be remade but i'm only going to change two th- i'll change two things drastically but then i'm not going to change anything else it's just i'm fascinated by how that came to be yeah anyway not good not worth it uh, a movie called best friends not to be to be uh confused with the latest one the greg sestero Tommy was O one, but uh, Norman Jewison directed uh, this one with Burt Reynolds and Goldie Hawn, based on the life of Barry Levinson. Yes, and his and his wife. They were a writing team, apparently. Okay, and so Burt Reynolds and Goldie Hawn are playing them essentially, and it seems like a very very good movie that I really want to see. It's nineteen eighty two, but I like all of those people involved with this project. <laughs> And so they, did they change the names? Because Burt Reynolds is playing Richard Babson. Yeah, it's just it's just based on his uh, uh, okay. Uh Then there is uh, The Birth of a Nation, the 2016 Nate Parker uh, movie. Um, I never got, I never saw this. Really? I saw it. What'd you yeah. think? Uh, shockingly violent. 
um probably that's the point um and yeah that guy had some allegations came out that tanked this movie's chances and maybe even his career um but army hammers in this Hmm. um and i was engaged throughout um is this the nat turner Mm -hmm. yeah and they decide to revolt because of an eclipse oh really well they they pray for a sign from god and a few days later there's an eclipse while they're working Mm -hmm. and they take that as a sign and then they all the slaves revolt it's not just one estate it's slaves from multiple lands and properties and uh it's it, pretty fucking violent do they kill the shit out of the owners oh the, oh they oh yes uh see i'd, I'd watch it just for that <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe you should um that's the part where when i say it gets violent that's what i'm talking about yeah, when they're well, killing yeah. Yeah. uh mm-hmm. then there's a hallmark movie called coming home for christmas it stars danica mckeller uh have you seen this <laughs> no I was taking a flyer that you had. Uh, no. Gods and Generals, which is the uh, the sequel to Gettysburg, I guess, or it's the, yes. at least the spiritual uh, sequel. Yeah, spiritual sequel. <laughs> Gettysburg Two. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I saw this. This was the the night. I think I talked about this before. The night that same same weekend that Old School came out, mm. and I had to watch Gods and Generals to. <laughs> and it's such a long movie oh god it's like <laughs> meanwhile oh, people sucks. go and watch old school and tell me how funny that movie is they and could watch old school three times before you they, get yeah, that pretty much and it was one of those we had to build it in in two different pieces because building the whole thing at once would have been impossible oh my god that movie's carry. fucking long isn't it yeah it's very long holy shit uh is it good though did you like it i liked it i'm a history like nerd it? though yeah I, I think i liked it okay it, it seemed like and maybe maybe this maybe this was true but i can't remember jeff daniels is playing a union um mm-hmm. and uh he he goes on this big like this liberal rant because uh, somebody calls somebody calls the the black people like a uh, some sort of uh, slur of some sort and so he goes off on this whole thing and i'm like did, did people really i mean i know that there are some people back in the day who went on went out of their way to discuss how that's wrong and everything but it seemed like they really wanted to make sure that this jeff daniels character we want to make sure he's in the right and yeah, yeah. all this even though you know some of the union army was racist as fuck too yeah and uh and so like that's the part that i remember out of that movie i was like ah oh, it's, it's kind of like the mel gibson and the patriot thing yeah, yeah. where he's like oh they're free to go my slaves that i yeah. have they're just yeah. free to go don't worry about it i'm, yeah. a, I'm a good slave they're owner. not slaves they just work here yeah yeah <laughs> for no money <laughs> for no money um you know stuff like that but anyway yeah i remember it being okay yeah. but i remember being just sad that i did not see old school and stuff yeah i would, I would feel the same way uh then there's lawless this movie with tom hardy and shia labeouf which had m- maybe more publicity because they fought during the during the production of oh, yeah. tom hardy and shia labeouf had a fight or something yeah big surprise uh this was a pretty good movie actually jessica chastain's in this as well and she has this is one of the sexiest seduction scenes i've mm. ever seen Yes, she's completely naked in the scene, but it's just the way she comes in. Tom Hardy is like sleeping in his bed. She comes in naked, just walks in with this super confidence. And like he wakes up and, he, and she's like, what, are you just going to sit there and stare at me the whole time? <laughs> and yeah, they're, they're, that's a, that's sex it's is on. happening right after that. It's on. Uh, but uh, I remember Lawless being pretty good. 
I actually really wanted to see it. Gary Oldman is in this. Jason Clark again. Yep. Guy Pierce, Stainhan Miawaskowska. <laughs> Mia Wasch- I think it's Wyschkowska. Wyschkowska. I don't know. I, I've I've heard this pronounced before, and I think I fucked it Just up. Just call again. her Alice. <laughs> yeah, call her Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> uh then there is loving oh that was the ruth nega joel edgerton movie and and again this is one of those this is a good movie but mm-hmm. god damn it it there's something you can never say this enough how bad it was back in the day you know oh yeah yeah, yeah. but it but it unfortunately has that sort of just it's weary it's been worn out this whole thing uh but it's good it's yeah. really good and it's a. Uh, uh an odd performance like nick kroll's in this as a playing a straight lawyer in this like just straight up lawyer and it's so weird that is weird because nick kroll's never serious yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and just to watch him being like this lawyer like <laughs> and everything but uh great performers here i think did ruth nega she got nominated at least i don't know if she won yeah they were nominated for golden globes oh so no oscars oh hold on uh joel edgerton was nominated for Best Actor, Academy Award. No, yeah, she was. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah she was. Nominated. Okay. But, uh, yeah, good movie. It's just that, uh, oh, people were racist in the 60s. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I did want to see this. Though. Yeah. Um, Red Sparrow. I never saw this. Is this the Jennifer Lawrence? Jennifer one? Lawrence. Is it just because the CIA shit mm-hmm. that we're in Virginia? Yeah. This movie, have you got? Have you seen this movie? No. <sighs> this is one of the most boring movies I've seen in my entire life life oh really a spy movie starring jennifer lawrence yes where she's like a russian asset or she's pretending to be in a russian asset. no she's she's all of those things she's an asset of both sides and the movie kind of wants to keep you guessing or kind of suggests she has to play both sides to stay alive so joel edgerton is an american handler trying to use her as a double agent she's got russian handlers who she's working for but they think she might be turning because of another agent yada yada boring as fuck how is that this movie feels eight hours long wow and there's sex in it there's some gun firing there's (laughs) (laughs) people being introduced to people at an (laughs) opera it's boring as hell man i watched this movie expecting if it was a c minus i'd be happy and mm. i was not happy wow i would say steer clear wow i'm, I'm glad even, to know i, I was recommended happened. the book so i started reading the book and then got completely swamped and i haven't picked it back up since mm. but the book was pretty good from what i could what i was reading in there but it i feels like something that would be better as a book mm-hmm. it feels like like all all the boring spy shit yeah shoved into a movie like, I got to go meet with this guy. And so let's spend 15 minutes showing her riding this train. And she walks down this block. Then she gets off this train. But there's no tense music. God, I hated this movie. Wow. This movie annoyed me. <clears throat> A Simple Twist of Fate, 1994 Steve Martin movie. Uh, I'm sure I saw it. I don't remember. I, I never did. I remember when it came out. I didn't see it. Uh, then there's Snowden. Mm. Saw that shit. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep. Did it? And it was Oliver Stone directed it? Yep. Yeah. Shailene Woodley. Now, this is another one where uh, there was a documentary released before. Yes. Yes, Right? Yeah. What was it? Something 44. um, No. I watched it. I watched it when it came out. But is this another case, another Joseph Gordon-Levitt case where the documentary is much better than the... Yes. And uh, it's also another case where they literally reenact moments from the documentary in Snowden. And then at the end of Snowden, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's face 
morphs into the real Snowden's face. Really? Yes, it's one of the weirdest choices I've ever seen. That's and this movie odd. has a lot of weird choices. <laughs> the documentary is called Citizen Four. Citizen Four. Um, yeah, I would. If you're interested in Snowden, I would watch that. It's him in his own words. And one of the things I remember being taken by in that documentary was how fucking articulate and smart he was without mm-hmm. condescending. Um, and I don't need a dramatic reenactment of it. Um, Oliver Stone is clearly in the camp of thinking Snowden was a hero. Uh, whatever your personal beliefs are on it. Um, it's uh, just a, it's another forgettable Oliver Stone movie. Like the only thing he's been cranking out since God JFK, maybe. <laughs> what was the last good Oliver Stone movie? I mean, there's some fans of Any Given Sunday, yeah, Natural, yeah, Born, Natural Killers. Born Killers, Nixon. Um, but I don't think anyone would say any of those movies is definitely a hundred percent A plus. Everyone should love U Turn. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of like you turn. I like you turn. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, probably JFK is the last because then you got Platoon before that, and you got Wall Street before that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think yeah, his best work peaked right there. Yeah. yeah and anyway. finally, we round out the list with The Turning, which has uh the first movie from Gillian Anderson, mm-hmm. but it uh, stars Karen Allen. It was also the name of my band in college for about three weeks before I realized how stupid it was. <laughs> the turning? Are you turning. serious? This isn't like a, that's my high school college band no, that's joke. No, that's for real. That was our name for a, a brief period. The turning. It's funny. Yeah. It, I'm looking at the uh, the description first off. It says, a white supremacist returns to his hometown for the first time in years to try and save his parents' relationship. Oh! But, as ooh. white supremacists are known to do. Yeah. And, and then I'm looking at the cover, and it's like Jillian Anderson, like, unbuttoning <laughs> her, like, dress or yes. something. And I'm like, I'm sure she's prominent in this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is, uh, the movie's about Jillian Anderson and, <laughs> and her undressing, probably. <laughs> that's gonna do it for virginia yeah that was uh more content than it looked like on paper because there's a lot of stuff that you gotta chew on yeah there's a lot of really great movies in that list and uh, plus virginia is big yeah if you've ever driven from the the western tiny skinny tip to the eastern fat part where it turns into dc it's like it takes about 19 hours to get from one into the other i Mm -hmm. i have done that i've done it a few times because i used to drive to new york from nashville and drive just driving the one half of tennessee is a long time yeah then you get into virginia and you're like ah virginia oh it my god fucking it, forever. i'm like you're in those two states tennessee and virginia and that trip from nashville to new york longer than any other part of the the journey oh yeah. sure like you know you go right through maryland you go right through west virginia you go right through Pen- well pennsylvania is kind of long but like not God, that Virginia trip. Holy sneaky bastards, man. Long. Uh, um, that'll do it for this week. Uh, keep going to Syncast uh, presented by CinemaSins on Facebook, CinemaSins uh, Twitter. Uh, we have Patreon. We have Reddit. We have a lot of places that you can come and comment about this very episode. And also, today, this episode is dropping on day one of Sin Week. Oh, yeah, it is. Some of you are patrons, and you can check out the stuff online, the extra bonus Sins videos. There's still time. If you're hearing this and you are not yet a member on our Patreon page, there's still time. Go over there and sign up. You'll get access to the three bonus Sins videos. Also, the live broadcasts we're doing here uh, with the Sin Flower patrons who are all converging on Nashville soon. That's right. It's mm. Sin Week. It is upon us. From all over the world. It's yes. New York. It's yes. cows and bears and chickens and things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, and Barrett Sher. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. 
Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. What would happen if he had his dick inside of her? Uh huh. Uh huh. And he hulked out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I see where you're going with this. I mean, do you think there's enough elasticity to where, as Joey Lauren Adams said in Chasing Amy, <laughs> our bodies are built to built to birth a child. So. Oh yeah. I mean, wh- how big is the Hulk? Like, how tall is the Hulk? Like, 10 feet or something like that? I don't know. Whatever the situation requires. Yeah, yeah. true. There's not may- eh, Maybe not even 10 feet. Because in that hero shot, he's probably like 9 foot. So, say Edward Norton is around like 6 foot. Mm-hmm. So, we're gaining 30%. So, your dick is going to get 30% bigger. I think she could handle that. Probably. Yeah. This, uh, this sounds like something the Silicon Valley guy should, should <laughs> I think out. you're making a mistake of starting from a point of thinking all guys have the same size dick. You know, 30% more of your dick may not be 30% more of my dick. Maybe my dick is already too much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess you have to determine whether you think... Uh, oh, well, we saw it in uh, Birdman. We saw his, his boner. <laughs> Did we? We saw his boner. He was on. He got. But a, we don't know that's his real Ed boner. Norton's boner doesn't mean that's. Oh, that's got to be to scale. Bruce Banner's boner. <laughs> <laughs> this is off the rails. I thought what McQuarrie said last week was pretty on point about how you know if 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 a if a tweet gets popular enough, it will a hundred percent bring out vitriol from some opinionated opposite side person and it's yep. just it's just not worth it and i feel like that almost all the time i tweet that's why i tweet so much about cats <laughs> <laughs> because i don't want to tweet about things that that and i still get yeah your cat's too fat <laughs> the weirdest thing about that whole fucking movie and there's a lot of weird shit was the sc- shank being able to take a viral video so they're in a game right they're in this smash up race game like danger race or whatever it is what are we talking about ralph breaks the internet okay and gal gadot is playing uh like this shank character this unbeatable character and so in in order to get the money that they need ralph and vanellope want to steal the her car right so she beats them and says well there's other ways to make money uh for example you could post viral video or post videos and make them viral so they take a screenshot of, of him or a video of Ralph in the game, upload it to BuzzTube, and then that somehow goes out to the real world. Yeah, and there's like a there's a just a brief thing where somebody the, there's a news reporter that's like nobody knows where these videos are coming from. <laughs> yeah, it's coming from sentient characters. Yeah. Literally everything <laughs> I have heard anyone say about this movie makes me never want to watch it. Well, I think I wrote a sin that said it, they took. All of my reservations about this movie and made that exact God. movie. Oh, it's such a <laughs> shitty movie now. I mean, like when I first watched it, I was like, "Man, was I just being? Was I just in a bad mood? <laughs> no. Like, was that movie just? It was that movie actually really pretty good? And I just wasn't giving it a fair shake. After sending it, I I hate it. I hate that movie so much.
uh, Stolberg is in this movie. Um, he said everything. Was that the year that he was in like nine movies or yeah, something like that? Was it was a Trumbo year. Uh, I don't know. The the Shape of Water, that was 2017? Shape of, Yeah, that was 2017. 2017 was the year that he was in everything. Because <laughs> it was uh, Call Me By Your Name and it was... Uh... But he but in, in general, he is in everything anyway. <laughs> I, uh, I was watching uh, Steve Jobs the other day and he's in that. He plays Wozniak in that. Oh. Or not oh, Wozniak, no, yeah. but um, the other guy. Oh, you're right. Not is he, is it, it's, uh, the not Woz. The not Woz guy. Tim uh, Apple. Yeah, Tim, Tim <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Jeremy's Iron. Uh, was is, does Seth, Seth Rogen played Andy Hertz Wozniak in that one, right? Yeah, Rogen yes. plays Wozniak. And he's fantastic. He, he actually... Is completely overlooked because everybody else is so great. Stillbard played Andy Hertzfeld. Oh, okay, um, but yeah, yeah, Rogan has a lot of great scenes in that. That I, scene at the end where he's in the crowd yelling at him and telling him off, where everyone just we can't leave, but we can't look away. And that's a fantastic scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, All he wants him to do is thank them. Yeah, yeah. How fucking stubborn is I this know, guy? It's unbelievable. <laughs> the, it's unbelievable the whole movie, like how bad a person Steve Jobs is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So and bad. We, and we, again, again, now he didn't do criminal things to he my was just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like he was an asshole, but we deified that dude. And to this day, for the most part. But yeah, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, I, I had I was during the editing. I went through a Sorkin thing, and I put Steve Jobs on, and then I put Molly's Game on after that. So, mm. Ooh, nice. So I was if it had gone any farther, I would have put Social Network in. Um, I really liked Molly's Game. Mm-hmm. Did you I say almost, I haven't seen it yet? I almost made it a recommend. A little. I mean, it's not great. It's the Sorkiniest movie that ever Sorkin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that opening with her rapid talking yeah. about the skiing <laughs> yeah. and fuck that. And, uh, this is the worst thing that ever happened. Blah blah blah. Um, <clears throat> but I thought it was great. She was fantastic. Yeah. Well, and Idris Elba is fucking great too. The whole there's a whole <laughs> scene with him talking to the lawyers and. And like, you know, like, this woman does not deserve to be a part of a Rico case and blah, blah, blah. And starts going through this whole thing. And he's just like, it, you could tell that Idris Elba himself <laughs> probably just put everything he had into that scene. Yeah. How about old Jose Canseco calling out A-Rod as a cheater the day after he gets engaged? You guys see any of this? <laughs> I saw him trending and I went through the trending thing and I was like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> That's it, the, he got engaged and Jose Canseco goes off. And he's like, dude has no idea that his, his, uh, or she has no idea that dude's been sleeping with my ex for six months. Yada, yada. I'll take a polygraph. Oh, hold on. Cheating is in like cheating on JLo? Yes. Oh, not cheating in baseball. No, I mean, well, that's well, what yeah, I said to my wife when I was saying he cheated in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody knows that shit. <laughs> I'm going to have to examine the story. I was, it took me 10 minutes to even get my head around what I was reading. Because I saw Aunt Becky trending, and I was like, is that like a new rapper? And so I clicked on it, and I saw Lori Loughman. Here's that new hit song from Aunt Becky. Aunt Becky, bitch. Straight out of the streets of Jamaica. Aunt Becky, y'all. Why did she become Jamaican? <laughs> did you mean Jamaica Queens or Jamaica? Uh, Jamaica Queens. <laughs> <laughs> but it could go either way. <laughs> I uh, I tweeted something about swing music because I, jeez, uh, for an outtake in an MVS video, I used a Cherry Pop and Daddy song. Mm-hmm. And so I watched that video, that Zoot Suit Zoot Riot. Zoot Riot. Oh, yeah. And I was like, it's so goofy and wacky, intentionally. 
I think I, I don't think intentionally so. I think they were bu- buying into their own bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a swinger. I live in the yep. 30s yep. and all that. It really shit. was one of the fastest music trends ever, right? Because it it morphed into ska like in six weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, swingers came to... out, <laughs> and we had three bands. It was it was uh, Squirrel Nut Zippers. Zippers. It was Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. And the other one. Cherry Poppin' Daddy. There you go. Yeah. And and then Ska came around and we're like stomping all over that shit. Yep. It was done. It but was there's basically... a whole arc on Friends about getting a swing band for Monica and Chandler's wedding. Oh, seriously? I yeah. remember wow. in Never Been Kissed, there's a part where they, they're trying, where I think it's where Drew Barrymore is trying to get more popular in the school or something like that. And so there's these rumors being thrown around. And one of the rumors is like, I heard that she, uh, she played drums for the big bad voodoo daddy. (laughs) (laughs) God damn. There's, there's, there's there's a shot, a very clear shot of William Defoe's pubic hair. Oh, yes. (laughs) Lovely.